Coming up this week, off screen. We fire up the NOS tanks for the fate of the furious. Jim Broadbent has the sense of an ending. Park Chan-wook introduces us to The Handmaiden. It's the happiest day in the life of Ollie Markey. New York gets a new vampire in the Transfiguration. Political sparks fly in The Clash. The rules don't apply to Howard Hughes. And the bodies hit the floor in the Belko experiment. All of us come and more off screen. This is... This is off screen. Off screen. Latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Welcome to Offscreen, I'm Van Connor. I am Case Allen. So, Mr. Allen, before we get to the film news, the film reviews, uh-huh. the box office uh-huh. top five, we're down to five this week. We're, we're down to five, that. not ten. We're we're, not, we're, we are streamlining. For we're streamlining. We're getting efficient. Budget. We are getting efficient. We're getting efficient. Yes. Uh, why don't you kick us off some news? What's been happening this week? Anything interesting? Loads of interesting bits, but something happened the other day. Uh, Did you discover a new side of yourself? I did. Was it a sensitive thanks side? Thanks to Marvel. No, it was a Ragnarok side, oh, which you, makes no sense. But I'll, I'll, I'll you set, went full I'll Norse, that's fine. I did go full Norse. Always go full Norse. Uh, so, <laughs> past, past Fortnite, it's been a bit of a... Trailer war. Yeah. DC have dropped uh, Justice League. Marvel dropped Spider-Man. Yep. DC have got Batgirl coming with Joss Whedon. Yep. And then Marvel dropped... They, they, they dropped the hammer. They did drop they the dropped hammer. They dropped the hammer down. Yeah. And, and then destroyed that hammer. And should, should, we, should we play a clip of the thing we, we clearly love the most about that trailer? Absolutely. So good. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right in thinking that song was used in the marketing for Girl with the Dragon Tattoo as well? Uh, yeah, it is. Um, I don't know if it was in the marketing, but it's uh, it's like the opening title sequence. Uh, Trent Reznor and Cameron O do a cover. And, yeah, and it's yeah, it's it's almost like a weird like James Bond opening. That, yeah, it's it? very yeah. cool. But I, I can't I'm wait. so excited about this film. I'd admit it though. The minute they cast Jeff Goldblum, they had your money. They had. I mean, they had my money when we said that they were going to get Taika Waititi, and I was like, Yeah, what? <laughs> they've definitely translated his humour by the look of it. They've they've definitely got that down, and also his yeah. humour seems to fit into the. Thor and Marvel really side well. really well. Yeah. Yes! He's a friend <laughs> for work! <laughs> I know him! <laughs> I feel like I need to shout that at you, at you one day, like, yeah. publicly. Yes! <laughs> yeah, the first time I saw it, when he said yes, I said yes with him. <laughs> I was like, yes. I can't wait. Is it November... <sighs> I want to say 7th... No, no, it's the 7th of November. I think it's like the very end of October here. Uh, yes, because we always get Marvel films a week before we do. We, in America. We, we have the Marvel dilation effect. Yeah. As, um, as I believe, uh, yeah, uh, Ragnarok, and then two weeks later it's Justice League. So wow. we shall we shall see so much love in this trailer. I look at their trailers and I have to quote Scott Mendelson on the subject when he said, your, tra- your trailer was good, his was better. The difference? Showmanship. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just uh, keep it superhero there for you. That's it. So, um, real quick review so them. Yes, tell me uh, about Clash. Okay, so Clash, which is nothing to do with the band, disappointingly. Shame. Uh, and entirely everything to do with the political situation in Egypt in 2013, which you might remember was a little bit tumultuous. 
Yeah, I mean, words words were said. (laughs) Words were were said, nasty looks were exchanged. Hmm. And what you have here is, uh, it's like a single location drama. The whole thing is a near real-time experience. I think it's slightly strange, maybe double-time kind of thing. Um, You've got innocent two journalists who are locked up in the back of a police van. Hmm. And the whole movie takes place in this van, in the back of this van. They then have protesters from around who mistake them for members of the Muslim Brotherhood and start throwing rocks at them and the police then round them up and add them to the van and people come and go in this van throughout the course of the movie and it's basically just how do they how do they get out of this van how do they call for help one of them smuggled a phone aboard but oh the phone's broken oh the battery's run out and uh, now there's no credit on the on the account it's every conceivable problem you could find in this situation milked for every shred of dramatic effect you could find and it's actually really really gripping i was i was just shocked by it. it was because I'm not I'm not overly familiar with the ins and outs of everything that went on at the time because mm. from our side of of everything that went on in Egypt we well we just kind of go with the BBC coverage and we kind of get a very distilled yeah. very watered down version this actually being made by an Egyptian filmmaker did seem quite ballsy. It was quite brave. It had a very no-holds-barred, very front-facing, almost aggressive take on that political situation. Um, it it tries, I think, to flesh out the the, the character of of each side of that movement, the, the the actual the philosophy behind it. Not saying that one is bad and one is good, but in trying to actually put a face on that conflict to give them an actual representation here, and it's done fairly well. Um, Mohammed Diab's directed it. He's also co-written it with uh, Khaled Diab, I think he's his brother. Mm. And I was you don't know any of the cast. You'll have seen them in nothing. It was incredibly gripping. Uh, it's also the first ever justified cinematic use of that ridiculous camera on the Samsung Galaxy Gear watch. Oh, yeah. You know the one that's in the strap? He says, holding his Apple watch. She had it. Well, not holding it. Wearing it (laughs) on your person. You're not just, like, (laughs) trying to hypnotise me. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Um, Yeah, the only other justification is to, you know, show off Indominus Rex blood in Jurassic World, obviously. Oh, obviously, yeah. Yeah, totes. But, uh, yeah, I was was gripped by it. This comes out next week. This isn't this week. This isn't the 14th. This is out for the 21st, I believe. Okay. It sounds sounds very interesting. It was, uh, I think... My recollection of those events very kind of similar to you. I was I was paying somewhat attention to it on the news and whatnot, but um, I think because from yeah. our perspective over here, it seemed to happen twice. Yeah, it, like it, it kind of blurred. Yeah, it, it blurred altogether because yeah. it seemed to happen twice. We had they had two uprisings in very within about a year. Mm. So we, we kind of ignorantly on this side of the on this side of the globe kind of and I'm half Egyptian. This is the weird part. Yeah. <laughs> the Egyptian is telling you he was confused by everything yeah. in Egypt. So yeah. <laughs> But so, anything quickly in the news? Um, I, I have got some things, but I want to save them for. Should we plug the podcast? We'll, yes. s- we'll space it because we've not got an awful lot of news. I don't think from what you were saying, we've, we've not. But like the things that we have, I feel like we need to talk about them. I've, I've, they, they deserve our time and attention. I've got a quick nugget we can drop in. Oh, go on. I love uh, quick Michael Bay has revealed there's going to be 14 more Transformers movies, and we don't need to say anything more about that. Make of that what you will. Yeah. Oh, actually, I will add a nugget of my own to your nugget, making like a cluster of... A cluster nugget. A cluster nugget, if you will, (laughs) sir. Uh, Anthony Hopkins referred to Michael Bay as a, quote, genius the other day. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, he did star in Hannibal, so he has made questionable choices. He starred in Red Dragon. The yeah, yeah, Yeah. actually, no, I'll forgive Red Dragon. Do you think that's the best one that Brett Ratner's ever made? 
uh, I would argue Tower Heist is probably the best film Brett Ratner. In fact, no. Brett mm. Ratner made the 1997 Charlie Sheen, Chris Tucker buddy comedy, Money Talks. T- was that Brett Ratner? I believe that was Brett Ratner. I'm going to confirm that now, lest I feel like a complete tool. I used to love that film. When I was Money Talks? Yeah. That's the one where Heather I mean, Graham... has got a song stuck in my head. Heather Graham? Not Heather Graham. Yeah, uh, no. Heather Locklear. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Brett Ratner, director Brett, Brett Ratner. That's the one Charlie Sheen says, don't mention her weight, and Chris Tucker immediately yeah. says, you're fat. P-H-A-T, fat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to watch that movie again tonight now now that I've been reminded I might have to of revisit that actually uh, yeah but mm, Brett Ratner I can't remember if that was during Charlie Sheen's please call me Charles phase Charles Sheen it just doesn't work for about it? a year he insisted on being called Charles it's Sheen just like a Bruce Willis call me Bruno phase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah right what, what, I've got to fit in a review real quick before we uh, before we cut to the jump then okay so this is uh, the sense of an ending sense of an ending before we do we should plug the podcast edition yeah uh, because this week obviously plug for we, plug yeah plug for plug we, in fact this week if you download the uh, the extended podcast edition and skip to after the end credits I'll tell you exactly how I was nearly punched in the face during a screening of uh, Fate of the Furious yeah and I don't know all the details you don't it. know so that this story is, yeah. this, I feel like you've been you've been hiding it you've been keeping it for yourself yes, to indeed. get my reaction <laughs> on air so go to uh, iTunes Acast Deezer tune in uh, search for the off screen podcast are we going to turn edition? like from like a film podcast to like a true crime podcast <laughs> true crime <laughs> yeah it's kind of like the making a murderer. Uh, exactly, yes. Make, making a cinematic experience ruiner. Yeah. But uh, right, so sense of an ending, which stars Jim Broadbent and Charlotte Rampling and Emily Mortimer, who I haven't seen around for a little while. I've missed Emily Mortimer. She's great. She's, I really like her. Right, so this is the story of Tony, played by Jim Broadbent. He runs a, a, a kind of a hipster vintage camera shop, um, and, you know, in the middle of central London, because that's the the mindset of this film. Um, he one day is contacted to be told that. That his um, uh, someone from his past has passed away and has bequeathed him some money and a diary. Um, the diary, however, is being kept by his ex girlfriend mm. from from literally decades past, and uh, he has to. He basically tries to challenge her to get this diary back, even though she's already offered him money. Uh, here's a clip. Excuse me, I'm still speaking. You don't say. Something is clearly going on. Someone you knew long ago has left you something or other. Exactly. Which has been unduly withheld from me and to which I am legally entitled. Well, you could fight it or you can just let it go. Cash the cheque. Take me on a budget holiday. Two fifty each. Get us to the Channel Islands. Listen, the point I... Something is certainly going on. So just call me when you really want to talk about it. Oh, and the foot's much better, thanks for asking. So, Jim Broadbent, I think Harriet Walter there. Um, right, the, a lot of this hangs on how charming you find Jim Broadbent. And um, very, I mean, I, I am, I'm a British person. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you have a beating heart and a of human course. soul, Yeah. so therefore you love Jim Broadbent. Because, I do, I wish he was my granddad. Oh, everyone wishes he was yeah. their granddad. I, I wish my two granddads were Jim Broadbent and Morgan Freeman. In fact, but, uh, maybe, maybe not granddad, maybe just like, you know, you get like an uncle that's not really an uncle. <laughs> just like a family yeah, friend. I know what you mean. But he's just like a really kindly one who's got like an allotment, city gardens and... If I ever get yeah. a biopic, I want Jim Broadbent to play Alan Frank. But, uh, <laughs> Spot on, yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And Mark Lamar yeah. will play Mark Kermode. We should, we should cast ourselves in biopics of our lives in the podcast extras later. Uh, well, let's, let's do that. Since Jonah Hill can slim down, I'm just going with that straight off the back. <laughs> um, right, so a, a lot of it hinges on that. The problem is it's not a terribly engaging film otherwise. It is 
all on Broadbent's shoulders. Mm. Um, there's a lot of it that takes place, obviously, in a period piece setting, uh, in his youth, that kind of feels a little bit poorly sketched out, a little bit ill-defined, and yet is so intrinsic to the story. Um, I, I came away from it and I thought... I didn't dislike it, but I was kind of unentertained. I was a bit bored by it. I, I, I was, it was a likable enough effort, but it wasn't particularly. It wasn't going to win you over. And it does seem this has been made almost entirely for the older crowd. It it, it kind of didn't have any real no grip to speak of. Hmm. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Off Screen, the on-screen radio show. And we're back. So, Mr. Allen, yes. next on the docket, what do we have? Uh, we have... Right, just given the fact that this is a Warren Beatty film, I love that it's called Rules Don't Apply. <laughs> well, apparently given... reading, out, reading out a card is something that he does, isn't expected to do properly, so... Exactly, yeah. He doesn't understand the rules of uh, how like an award ceremony works. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yeah, you get no. given an envelope, you read out the Bless thing him. that's in it. Although, like, kudos for him for throwing uh, Bonnie under the bus. <laughs> under the under the bus. <laughs> You read it. <laughs> yeah, you read it, love. Oh, uh, right, so rules don't apply, which has been a long, 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 long time coming. Mm. Right? This has been in development longer than either you or I have been alive. It's true, yeah. <laughs> this has been in development for 40 years. The story goes that Warren Beatty spotted Howard Hughes in a hotel reception and became fascinated by him and, and then decided he wanted to make this movie. Yeah. It's now 40 years later, and the obvious... He made the movie. He made the movie, and it does lead to the obvious question of, why? I mean, re- really, Warren, it takes you 20 <laughs> years to make a film. This is probably going to be the last one you churn out at 80 years old. Do is you, he really 80? He's 80. Do you really want to go out on this one? But uh, never mind. So, Alden Ehrenrock. Ehrenreich? Aaron, am I right? Then? Alden Ehrenreich. That's Alden how I have been Ehrenreich. saying it. That's how I'm going to continue right. to say it until Let's, someone proves me wrong. Would that it were Han, so simple? Han Solo. <laughs> what if it were so simple? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Would that it were. Young Han Solo. Yes. Let's just call him. Young Han. Young Han. Young Han. Okay. Han Junior. Han Ju. Until Hoju. 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 Right. So Han Junior and Lily Collins star. Yeah. As he is. Spawn of Phil. Spawn of Phil. Spawn of Phil. Yeah, and you know who literally is the physical embodiment of the of the reason that it cannot be true that no woman can truly love a man that listens to Phil Collins. Best thing that Jack Rayner or anyone ever said last year. Seriously, put it top of his top of his CV. But the idea is you've got Frank, who is a chauffeur chauffeur for Howard Hughes and his corporation, uh, played by Aaron Reich. Uh, Lily Collins is the latest star off the bus, as it were, who has come to LA with her mum, played by wouldn't you know it, Annette Benning. I mean, what are the odds? Yeah. It's almost like she was in, in the neighbourhood, yeah. Um, <laughs> and the idea is, as, as Howard Hughes was wont to do, he just shipped in a number of young starlets from all around the US, and he put them up in his fancy bungalows, he gave them a salary of $400 a week, and the idea is they would just sit around and wait to be given a screen test. Maybe it would lead somewhere, more often than not it wouldn't. And the idea is that these two form a connection and start to become sort of romantically involved. In the background as well, you have Howard Hughes himself, played by Warren Beatty, who also writes the theme tune, sings the theme tune, directs the theme tune, came up with the story, produces it. I'm pretty sure he had a hand in location scouting. I think so, yeah. And, yeah, here's a clip. Shut the door. What the hell is she doing here? 
thought you said you wanted the girl with, with the two M's. That's not her. That's Marla Mabry. She's a Baptist nun, for Christ's sake. It's the only one on the payroll with two M's. Did it occur to you that maybe the one that I wanted with the two M's was not on the payroll? Ah, you met Marilyn Monroe? Who? Marilyn Monroe? Oh. Yes, Marilyn Monroe. Can you spot the uh, the name talent there? Uh, was that Matty Broad? That was Matty Broad, man. Matty, Broad's. Matty Broad. Yes. Inspector Gadget himself Mr. is back. Mr. Parker. Mr. Parker. Mr. Jessica Parker. Mr. Jessica Parker. I'm sorry. He has a poor part of this. Right. The problem really is you do watch this film and just think, okay, two big problems. The first is, why in God's name have you made this? Secondly. That's pretty damning, isn't it? I, I have no idea why this film exists. I, I really have not a clue. Yeah. I watched this film and thought, wow, this, this really ain't the Aviator. I mean... No. Wow. I mean, the Aviator, which is in the bottom set of Scorsese's films... But still fairly good. Still, well, yeah, because, you know, a rubbish yeah. Scorsese film is still better than most people's Carte Blanche. Carte Blanche is in yeah, it. Yeah, Carte Blanche is in it. Yeah. Um, by the way, how good does she look in Thor? Oh, my God, I could talk about her. I know, I know, I know. Just, yeah, she, incredible. She rocks incredible. that emo look. She does. She does. I, I never would have thought it, but... Uh, I, I, I was attracted to Kate Blanchett really awkwardly. Um, mm. But anyway, moving on to Howard Hughes. Yeah. <clears throat> so <laughs> he's playing Howard Hughes, and the weird thing is, that even though he's written the screenplay, he seems to have forgotten at any point to assign a character to Howard Hughes. So what you get is less of a character than what we got when Mr. Burns was used as a Howard Hughes parody. <laughs> we'll take the spruce moose. Hop in. <laughs> I said hop, hop in. in. <laughs> and that genuinely had more character to its Howard Hughes than this does. Mm. I mean... Stack this next to the Aviator, and they are not even comparable. No. Meanwhile, you've got Lily Collins, Alden Ehrenreich, and they are very likable leads, but the problem is you're watching them thinking, "Is I can't tell, is this your film? Is it Howard Hughes's? Mm. What? Why? It sounds like they would be better suited to be in some of a romantic film that wasn't tied to either this period or... Exactly. Thing, yeah. Exactly. That's, That's it, yeah. the thing. That is exactly the problem like, right She there. is really, really likable in... Oh, what was that? What was that Sam Claflin film? Sam so Claflin film. Oh, uh, Love Rosie. Love Rosie. Yeah, yes, Love like, Rosie. She's really I great her in that. that. Yeah. yeah. But, and I can uh, imagine him having a similar kind of presence as well. I just don't know if this is the correct material. Lean, he's leaning on the... Because of the period piece setting and the Hollywood setting, he's he, leaning on the Hail Caesar, Hail Caesar thing. Which is fantastic. Yeah. But without I mean, the uh, orgy shucks kind of, uh, kind of, kind of right. I don't think he would have got Han Solo if it wasn't for that film. Oh, no. He's no. so good in that. He really is. I, I, need to, I need to watch that again now. Damn. <laughs> Damn you, Owen Reich. <laughs> Aren't you, Owen Reich, and your earnest likability? Uh, it's a shame, though, that he can't save this film. And it, it is a shame because, mm. you know, Warren Beatty's a very competent director. He has a, a, you know, a cemented place in Hollywood royalty. Um, it's very sad, as you and I were saying before we started the show, that, you know, it's been 19 years since his last project, since mm. Bullworth, which, let's be honest and just call it Ghetto Superstar the movie because that's all anyone remembers it as. But true. Because yeah. it's been 19 Oliver years. Oliver Platt's in it, though. So that's always worth celebrating. Oliver Platt turns up in this as well. Does he really? For literally two scenes. To just be like, I'm Oliver Platt. He turns up to yell at Howard Hughes, and that's it. To just be Oliver Platt. Pretty much. Oh, oh, Alec Baldwin turns up briefly as well. Uh, does Martin Sheen? I saw that Martin in the Sheen. Ed Harris turns up briefly. I saw it in the trailer. There's like a weird... It's like a smash montage thing of just like really famous names and... Do you know what? Those probably do run for about the same amount of time these people are actually on screen. So, yeah. Um, Right, last thing about this flip then. I just read uh, who one of the producers was. (laughs) Brett Ratner. I know. It's Brett Ratner. I didn't even see that. I I was talking about someone else. Oh, really? This is insane. Okay. 
Brett Ratner's cropping up a lot today, isn't he? Brett Ratner, because yeah. he... I don't know if you know this. Brett Ratner really wants an Oscar. He really, really oh, wants just, an I'm Oscar. I've just seen his horrible face looking at me. Because obviously he screen. owns Rat Pack Entertainment. He does, yeah. And they yeah. have, uh, you know, they produced an awful lot. And obviously, if you've got a Warren Beatty film languishing yeah. in development hell for 40 years... You would think Fast Track to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, no, uh, does my name uh, Steve uh, Mnuchin mean anything to you? It doesn't, but I feel like it should. Why do I know that name? He is the... U.S. Secretary of, St- of uh, Treasury. <gasps> That's it. Thank yes. you. Yes, yes, you are. Because right. for some reason, loads of people just in the cabinet, the U.S. cabinet, worked on films. And... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. We 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 push for time. We got to yeah. go on to the Fate of the Furious. We've got to get on to Fate of the Furious. We've got to ride let's, or let's die. Do it. There's no it. halfway. It's either ride or no. die. There is no middle ground. Apparently, we don't have middle between, ground between we've, riding we've, and dying. We've, we've got family. We don't have middle ground. We've got family. <laughs> exactly. Hello, God, friends. Family. family. <laughs> So, of course, uh, Fate the Furious, hashtag F8, or, you know, Fast and Furious 8, or Fast 8. It goes by so many names. I wish I was in the boardroom when we decided to call it Fate of the Furious <laughs> in America. When we were like, number eight rhymes with fate. <laughs> there is actually a sequence in which, uh, very early on... <laughs> I know what you're talking about. You know, there yeah. is a moment in which Vin Diesel and Charlize Theron are just having a conversation. They, they say fate about eight times. They do. In the space of, like, 90 seconds, they drop the word fate about 90. You're like, wow, you're really hammering this one home. Okay, amazing. so, general gist Set is... This is the one in which Vin Diesel has apparently gone to the dark side. He has betrayed the team. He has led to Dwayne Johnson's character being locked up uh, for going to Berlin and killing some police officers, even though that's never really acknowledged, but okay. And um, the team has to get together and and break Dwayne Johnson out of prison and Jason Statham, because apparently there are only two men in the world who've ever tracked down uh, uh, Vin Diesel, despite the fact there is a third one, but we're not going to bother him because he's busy. And so they all team up and they have to go and catch uh, Dom, Vin Diesel, who is, it turns out, under the under the power and control of the world's most ruthless cyber criminal, who happens to be named Cypher. I think that was a Christian name? Or, never mind. Played <laughs> by Charlie's... baptized Cypher. <laughs> you are Cypher Jones. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, played by Charlie's Theron in full uh, dreadlock mode. Yeah. And uh, She looks like one of the twins from The Matrix. She really does. You know, she really does. Yeah. But, but so much more sexually appealing. Got to give her that. Know. No, no, I don't know. There's something about the scruffy hacker look that the Fast and Furious series has a weird thing about female hackers. It loves Doesn't to it? sexualize yeah. female hackers. Mm. But I mean, look at Hollyoaks Girl. Yeah, but Hollyoaks Girl. I, I don't know her okay, name. She's yeah. Hollyoaks Girl. She's Sasha from Hollyoaks. Anyway, I'll tell you what. Here's a clip. I've been in here for four hours. My ribs are showing. I don't know about y'all, but I'm out. I wouldn't recommend that. What? Well. Thanks to your botched Berlin job, you all made Interpol's top ten most wanted list. Top ten? Mm-hmm. That's all right. Well, I, not you, Roman. What do you mean? You just missed the cut. You're number eleven. So. I'm. I missed. Yeah. That's impossible. What number did they come in at? Six, eight, nine, ten. She's ten. Mm-hmm. That's impossible. There's no way she's a ten. Oh, she's definitely a ten. <laughs> So all the hallmarks are back, you know, loud, crashy explosions, casual misogyny, boobs and butts, you know. Yeah, and everything you've come to expect. Everything you've come to expect and more, I mean, you know, Vin Diesel's playing Vin Di- playing an angry version of Vin Diesel. Dwayne Johnson is literally playing Dwayne Johnson at this stage. Mm. And, yeah, I mean, really? It's, it, it's kind of, it is what it is. Mm. Let's be honest, you can know ahead of time whether or not you're going to enjoy this. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'd, I'd already made up my mind that I was going to go and have a good time, and I did. That's like, it. sometimes, like, you'll see a trailer and you'll think, if if all I take away from this is there's going to be a big end climactic race scene where they're being chased by a giant submarine, then I'm in. that's yeah, fine, yeah. I'm in, and I'm going to enjoy that half an hour. And I loved it. Where do these cinematic terrorists always find submarines? I don't get, like, there is I a surplus of submarines. I don't know. We, we were trying to think of, like, what vehicle is going to be next. Because, I mean, <laughs> we've done tanks, I mean... Oh, like, sh- surely, space. Space Hyperloop. is the next thing. Hmm? Hyperloop. Elon Hyperloop. Musk's Hyperloop. <gasps> That'd be incredible. That, that's the movie. That's the next one. That's, that's how you Kurt Russell tasks the team to, I don't know, steal the Hyperloop. I'm sure that Mr. Nobody is gone in the next one. Oh, okay. And then yeah. Scott Eastwood becomes Junior Nobody or whatever. True. Oh, so Scott Eastwood obviously joins this cast this time around. We get a little bit of Helen yes. Mirren in a sort of minor supporting role as well. Oh, she, she's uh, great, though. Kurt Russell's presence has been beefed up a little bit. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's kind of like a Nick Fury presence. He's like it, a facilitator now. Yeah, it's fitting yeah. that slate, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think, for my money, I don't think this is a patch on you know, Furious 7 or Fast 5. I do think... No, those are the best ones so far. Yeah, I think it's pretty much exactly as good as Furious 6. I, I would go yeah, with that. Yeah, I, I enjoy that as well. It's you're, not a terrible you're, film. You'll go and you'll have a great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a bad film. It's just, you know, next to the dizzying highs of Fast That's Five point, yeah. and the really good time that was Furious 7, yeah. complete with, you know, emotional wallop ending... This that just, was genuinely fantastic, yeah, yeah. This just does not stack up. This is, And it's been pointed out by more than a few mm. people that the Fast and the Furious series seems to have the reverse Star Trek curse. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, a it seems bit, to have yeah, the yeah. reverse Star Trek. Although I would point out that if you subscribe to that theory, you are in fact forgetting about the existence of Tokyo Drift. But... <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, I've, I've pretty much forgotten about. I, yeah. yeah, I think like the only thing I've got left to say on the Fast films is like if you try to find any logic in any of them, you're going to enjoy it a lot less. I, I mean, one narrative one narrative thing I will point out about it, I don't. I really disliked how the, the Dom going evil and why narrative... Yeah. Yeah. How it's yeah, presented I, I very straight faced. Yeah, it's presented yeah. to us as in real time. Mm. There's no mystery for us as the audience. The characters don't know, but we do. And yeah, I, feel I wish for like, like yeah. they'd have just left that re- like I, a big reveal. They went down the Columbo route, and that doesn't work for me. Yeah, no. there's too much like winking at us. Yeah, just, I feel we, like we need to be guessing. We need to be like, it, why? Why has he done that? It feels like the that Chris Morgan, the screenwriter, just didn't have any faith in his audience to not just hate Vin Diesel. He was so afraid of us disliking that character. Like, no, mm. no, we kind of have to, and then you redeem him at the end when it's revealed That's why all works. this is going on. Yeah. You can't kind of have your cake and eat it, even though it does resort to one of the laziest. Uh, sort of, sort of beat story beats in order to actually end the film with a certain mm. status quo. Yeah, it also inadvertently makes Dwayne Johnson out to be a less than forthcoming person in hindsight. But that's one of those things that will only make sense when you've seen the film. But uh, so yeah, you know, Furious Eight. Um, I saw it in IMAX. Uh, um, regular screen for you? I just saw it in regular screen, but I sat really close and had <laughs> had a tangle ice blast, and uh, it felt like I was on a roller coaster. So, so brain fine. freeze. I feel like I have the same experience. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I will say, if you can do the, the, the IMAX for it, definitely do. I would imagine this is a belter in 4DX, but, uh, you know... I would think so. Yeah, pick your format. You're going to have a good time either way. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen. Am I right in thinking, Casey, mm. you enjoy that theme more than you actually enjoy Top Gun? Oh, 100%. <laughs> fair enough. <then>. Absolutely. <laughs> I can actually see it on your face every time it plays. Yeah. It's one of those films. I should like it. Like, mm. all the elements are there. 
it should be one of my favourite films. And it's just... It's, it's oh, not. I have a bunch it's like not. that. I, where I'm like, I should love this, but yeah. I just don't. That film is like the band Royal Blood. Are you familiar with Royal Blood? No. No, I, I've I've only just decided this afternoon that I, you know two years later that I actually like a great big world. So right, okay, <laughs> no, uh, Royal Blood are a, like a heavy rock band, bass and drums. That's all it is in band, yeah. and like the music, I should love it, but you don't. Kind of, but I don't. Oh, yeah, fair I enough. really don't. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I can go with it. But so, it's like what's uh, now that there is a movie that everyone raves about, and I just don't see the appeal. And oh no, no, tell a lie. It's Twelve Years a Slave. Really, don't see the appeal. Don't. I'm sorry. I've I've seen the movie before, and I've I've seen Roots. You know, and and it, and it was done better. I mean, they even remade Roots and couldn't make it as good as Roots. Vasquez didn't have Levar Burton no. playing. Incidentally, Levar, by the way, is Matthew Broderick's Levar. name in Rules Don't Apply. Really, it is. Everything's linked today. Everything's linked. Everything's <laughs> hashtag, hashtag everything's connected. Yeah. Sorry, no, I'm, 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 a, I'm a big fan of Tobias Slave. However, I don't think I will ever watch it again. I think, yeah, yeah. I'll go with that. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it once. It's great. You know, till freedom is opportune, all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing with Twelve Years a Slave, and I've always had this problem with it, is the most interesting parts of the story for me are mentioned at the very end in text form. Mm. There's a whole story where he went to court and faced, you know, the guy who had him for all those years, and you, yeah. I really want to see that play out with Chewie Ejiofor and Michael Fassbender. That would be amazing. With like a script by Alan Sorkin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like exactly. a courtroom drama. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It'd be like the reverse of, yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> uh, shall we uh, do the top five? The box office top five. Number five. Good out. What he said. Um, <laughs> I mean, what else is there to say? It's doing incredibly well over here. It's it's made loads of money in America. It has a release date on DVD and Blu-ray. Yeah, uh, May. Or I, believe, I believe it's mid-May. I mean, I'll confirm that now to be sure. But yeah, uh, that's, yeah. that's soon. It, well, I mean, you got so. you got to make good on that momentum. It's it's got some serious buzz around it, and yeah. it does. It May twenty three, by the way. I think um, it's it's made way over like a hundred million. Oh yeah, and the budget was only five. I know it's, it's done, amazing. It's isn't done it? incredibly well, and it's got brothers in it. It's got brothers. <laughs> good old brothers. Uh, so Bradley just, Whitford, I, who owns this movie, I need I need brothers to be in everything. Every, well, yeah, everything, yeah, but, just uh, just everything. Like like a like an MCU film. Did you say he's only been in Agents? He's you know he's been in Agent Carter, um, in Agent Carter, which is a period piece. So he can potentially turn up as his own son. That'd be good. Yeah, he could yeah. do that. You know, he's just—he is the former head of the Strategic Scientific Reserve. Come on, the brothers. SSR. So you know, yeah. it could happen. It could. Worst things have happened. But no, Get Out. I absolutely love. Um, uh, my uncle, uh, who's a, a big horror fan, and he's also mixed race, is why he really wanted to see it because he loved the whole racial angle of it. Went to see this film on his own <laughs> and came back and said, "I really loved it, but." I just couldn't get on board with the ending. I wanted it to go more downbeat, more nasty. Because it has kind of a triumphant conclusion. It does, yeah, without giving anything without away. Giving anything away yeah. It ends kind of triumphantly. Yeah, I think, I think you need that for how dark and nasty it gets. Otherwise, yeah. Whereas both he and I actually would have preferred... And there is apparently another ending in existence, so I no, think there is, that yeah, may Jordan, have... Jordan Peele has said that there is an alternative. I think that that's going to be included in the DVD, mm. yeah. I think th- there's a pretty obvious it's, it's gonna be like, possible ending there. Have you seen the deleted ending from Clerks? Yes. Yeah, yeah where a guy that. just randomly comes in and <laughs> shoots Dante. <laughs> that's how his day ends. But that doesn't fit that, though. I feel like the more downbeat option would have fit Get Out, but... Mm. You know, is what it is, and the film is spectacular anyway, so, you know, yeah. what can you say? 
Jordan Peele has has won. He has he's the the first black first time filmmaker yeah. to ever make a hundred million straight out the gate. No one's going to take that away from him anytime soon. So, yeah, fair play. Number four, Ghost in a Shell, which well, this is not doing well. I mean, it's doing no, better it's in the not. UK than the US. Oh yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a flop. How, how um, much did how much did it lose for? Uh... Are they? I think they're estimating it's going to be a seventy million dollar loss. Who's for shoot, them. Who's shoot, is it? Paramount. Paramount. Yeah, I thought so. Who really, really are not doing well in the franchise wars. No, they're, they're not. I mean, don't get me wrong. They've got a Transformers movie around the corner, mm. which will probably absorb this loss. But do you know what's mad? I completely forgot that at one point Paramount were distributing the MCU films. Yeah, the first three or four, wasn't it? Yeah, I uh, I rewatched one of the four trailers, and it opens with a Paramount. I don't. I was like, oh yeah. I believe Paramount still get money on Avengers titles. So right, I okay. Think, so if, if yeah. you look at their poster, if you look at like a, a new Avengers poster, will be mm-hmm. a tiny, 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 tiny one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they still get money, I think, but I think it's only on the first Infinity War installment because I think they own three Avengers movies and mm-hmm. that's it. But you know, but, like I've I've heard decent things about this, but I'm gonna. It I'm, looks amazing. Yeah, that's it what really does. Visual, it's great. Uh, Pilar is amazing, and mm-hmm. he is going to be. He's going to be huge. I think he's going to be big. I think he's got great international presence, I think great international appeal. It's, it's going to be when season seven of Game of Thrones comes back. Cause he's, <laughs> he's been built up now as being this like crazy mad... Un- I think he's going to be like the new Ramsey Bolton. He's that would be, be amazing, wouldn't it? horrible... Oh, man, I can't Maddie. wait. I can't wait. Yeah. Also, you know, because it's got Hollyoaks girl in it. From Fast and Furious, oh, yeah. so, as, as you so rightly pointed out. But anyway, um, <laughs> not Game of Thrones. Not Game of Thrones. Go, Hollywood School. Yeah. She has a um, name. So. She, she has a name. Yeah. Nats, I believe. But uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, but now goes the shot. Scarlett Johansson's got uh, you know a, a decent role in the lead. It's just she is mired down by the whole whitewashing controversy, mm. which is a shame. The film has great visuals going for it. Its story is interesting enough, if a bit simplistic. Mm. There's something in there for the fans. There's something in there for the non-fans. Yeah. It does work. It is better than it is not. If you know what I mean. Number three. Peppa Pig, my first cinema experience. I think my first cinema experience was Oliver and Company. But, uh... That's a good one. <laughs> um, do you know what mine was? Mine was a, uh, it was like a weird re-release in a matinee screening uh, of Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Amazing. And I, yeah. That is amazing. It's one of the earliest, most vivid memories I have. I was oh, three years man. old. At uh, the Sheffield Warner Village, as it was at the time. Oh man, I remember that cinema. Yeah. Oh no, but let's say Peppa Pig. They didn't press show it, and I don't really imagine it's something that stands up to critical analysis. But uh, I have, I don't know. Yeah, I have friends with young children who took their kids to see this, Mm. so it obviously is popular. I mean, it's it's, number three. It's number three. It's made a million. I mean, it's it's made more than Ghost in the Shell. Well, my my friend Haley took her son, and he seemed to love it. She she. Took loads of pictures and uh, and added filters and put them on the social networks. So as as they want to, do, I yeah. presume that's parents all want to do. So rock on, kiddies. Number two, we our guest, be our guest, put our service to the test. The most French man in all of Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I love you. Be, the be best, yeah. yeah, it was yeah. It's good. I'm I'm still not changing my rating of uh, three point five out of five. I'll, gi- I'll give it three point five uh, candlesticks. <laughs> three point five candlesticks. Enchanted candlesticks. <laughs> you go with three point five. I'm going with a four. You uh, go with uh, four uh, Gaston's 
I'll go Fall of Foos. Fall of Foos. I'll go Fall of Foos and yeah. uh, meet your three and a half uh, yeah. candlesticks. I'll give it uh, four uh, Marie for baguettes. Sorry, ups. <laughs> <laughs> I see, I, I did really like it. I thought the actual... I mean, I, I love the, that moment it's when they're good, doing the... It's a real the, good interpretation. Uh, it is. I think yeah. when they get to the Bonjour Good Day song very early on, you kind of know you're in safe hands. You know mm. that they're not going to rock the boat. They're not going to try yeah. anything too risky with it. They are going to stick to what works. And to be fair, that probably is the worst thing about it. The, probably the worst thing about it is it really is just a straight remake. Yeah. With faintly noticeable additions. I like, in I like those additions, but we mm. have, though, like, they give some characters more detail, more backstory. Yeah, they do. The stuff um, they do with LeFou I really like, and the stuff that they've changed with Maurice I really like as well. I'm just going to point out, without going into spoiler territory, yeah. that one of the changes they've made inadvertently turns some of the characters into bigamists. But uh, we can... Right, you know yeah. what I'm talking about, yeah. But uh, mm. we'll go into that podcast extras. There we go. We're going to have that we'll conversation t- later. We're going to talk about a lot of podcast extras. We are. We're going to yeah. have some fun. Oh, I can't now. wait. Number one. Cookies are for closer. <gasps> Yes. <laughs> uh, that is uh, Jack Donaghy. Jack Donaghy. <laughs> uh, the Boss Baby. Uh, I, I've, I've not seen it, but I can tell you right now that's the best part of the film. Oh, God, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no, um, pretty much any scene in which they just allow Alec Baldwin to monologue is fantastic. I would love to watch an animated version of Glenn, of, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. <laughs> I just incredible. feel like they missed a trick, actually, when they, were, when they were doing the pre-release marketing for this film. Not animating the Boss Baby to do scenes from famous... Alec Baldwin bits like doing yeah. coffees for closers and doing anything with Jack Donaghy after five what am I a farmer you know or doing you know <laughs> Reaganing <laughs> exactly or doing you know he is the manifestation of destiny any Alec Baldwin classic and that's the problem actually Alec Baldwin is far and away the best thing about the film the first half of it which sets up the domestic storyline mm. with you know, the two warring brothers great stuff I could watch that as a movie yeah. and love the hell out of it Jimmy Kimmel and Lisa Kudrow are the parents yeah. is Jimmy Kimmel or uh, yeah I think it is Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel, Kimmel. Yeah. I I get my Jimmy's confused now because it's Fallon and Kimmel. Well, I'm technically I, Corden, but that's true. He is Jimmy I've, Corden. I've, I've got a way of like distinguishing between them. One's funny, one's not. Yeah, there we are. Oh, I really, really like one, and one I feel like should go away yeah. and never darken TV screens. I again. used to really, really like Jimmy Fallon, but then like all of his bits just got really sick, like kind of always fancy winking and... at the camera. Who do you think you are, Carol yeah. Burnett? You've not earned what she's earned, <laughs> yeah. and always like clapping when he laughs and oh, going back. And... I know, I know. I don't know. Like I don't, I don't wish the guy ill, but. Um, faintly I nauseous but I don't want to see him as much as I do you don't wish him you just wish him faintly nauseous yeah <laughs> but that's the thing right. second half of Boss Baby when it goes into the generic animated adventure the yeah. same thing that Secret Life of Pets did that's then it, it, that's it, it becomes yeah. a bit samey and you kind of see an old before but hey it's got Alec Baldwin Starboard. in a suit it's I would well. kill for a spicy tuna roll <laughs> money 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 literally uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I've watched that trail yeah. uh, if you don't have uh, Alec Baldwin though you just get Will Arnett, don't you? <laughs> exactly, that's totally what you yes, do. That's the thing. But no, I say, um, I did like it. It's got Steve Buscemi in it. Rock on. Sold. That's it. Uh, do you want to uh, tell me about the Transfiguration? Yeah, real, real quick on this one. So the Transfiguration, which is directed by Michael O'Shea, written and directed by Michael O'Shea. It's his first time film, mm. uh, his first time uh, feature. It is, so, this is something you really haven't seen before. So this is a New York set. I believe it's set in Brooklyn or Queens. Uh, sort of in the... the one kind of those of, cool guy places. One of more the slum kind of an area. And this follows a 14-year-old African-American boy who is a vampire. And he's kind of introverted. His uh, his father died when he was a child. His mother took her own life a couple of years before the story begins. He is being raised by his veteran older brother. 
and who just pretty much sits home and watches TV and collects mm. uh, collects his disability checks all day, and that that's really it. The boy, in the meanwhile, goes out and finds victims once a month because in this version of, of vampirism, it's like a lunar cycle. You have to feed once a month, mm. and he's got the date circled on a little calendar, and he goes out and he's obsessed with vampire films because he gauges, he marks them based on their realism. And <laughs> in the meanwhile, he makes friends with a new girl who moves into the building, who comes to live with, uh, I think, her grandfather, and. His, her, his, her relationship with him starts to effectively normalise him. He realises that he's missing feedings, for instance, and he struggles with quite how to tell her about this other side of him. And the meanwhile, there are gangs that sort of, you know, control his, his, his block, who constantly challenge him and, you know, bully him, etc. And it's a case of how can he keep going with this without actually breaking. We have a clip. I don't think you get bit. I think it's like a, it's like a disease you get. Wow. Which book is this? It's not a book. It's just how I think it is. Vampires existed before books did. Well, the sun kills them in true blood. I did not watch that show. It did not look like it was going to be realistic at all. Oh my god, you should. It's so good. In this one, um, in this one episode, the vampire that makes Eric starts feeling like really bad about what he does. So he kills himself. He like goes up on a roof, I think, and then and then the sun comes up and just kills him. Yeah. So uh, that young gentleman, uh, Eric Ruffin, uh, it turns out he uh, was in Thirty Rock because everyone cool was in Thirty Rock. Who did he play? Uh, he played uh, Tracy. Weirdly enough, played like a young version of Tracy. Young Tracy Morgan. Yeah, young nice. Tracy. Morgan. Young Tracy Jordan in the series. Yeah. Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan yeah, plays. Okay. Yeah. Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. He scary. is yeah. outstanding in this film. He's like a younger R.J. Siler. He has that introverted, you know, that sort yeah, of introverted, well. uh, but very large personality that R.J. Siler has. Similar kind of thing. He is just like this simmering, bottled up time bomb of rage. And he's just superb. Uh, Chloe Levine, who plays the, the girlfriend, excellent as well. Um, really, really captivated by her. I saw her in something else recently. I can't remember what it was, but it was, she was in something quite high profile. And you're looking on the pages, so I'm sure you'll, you'll know. It was King Jack. Yes. King Jack. We yes, viewed that about yes. a year ago, didn't we? Yeah. Um, I recognise that title. King Jack, yes. That was the... Uh, oh, man, I need to watch that again. I really loved it, though. But, excellent cast. Really, really sharply written. It has its tentacles buried far, far into vampire mythology. There's a gag at one point where he's got this, this bookcase filled with videotapes, and they're all vampire movies, and it's Near Dark, and Blade Trinity, and Dracula Untold, and, and Let Me In. And Let Me In is, very, is what it references more than anything. It even outwardly acknowledges Let Me In, because his favourite vampire film is Let Me In. <laughs> uh, because, as he puts it, that seems to be the most realistic. And I really like that about it, because I actually think this is the best vampire film in the mainstream since Let Me In. Uh, sorry, since Let the Right One In. Sorry, not Let Me In. Let Me In is the remake, isn't it? Um, yeah, Let, yeah, let Me In is the remake. remake. Let yeah. the Right One In, yes. Although I, I really like them. I feel like I like them both equally, to be honest with you. And I was more taken with the, the original The original, version, yeah. But, and, and he seems to be in this. But, uh, yeah, wow, what a debut. I'm amazed by this, and I think... I've just thought of a vampire film that I like more. Go I on. feel like you're going to disagree. If it's Ultraviolet, the 2006 Mila Jovovich <gasps> movie, then no. It is not. Um, what would we do in the shadows? Ooh, good point. Yeah. 
But I feel like because different kind it was of a comedy, film. yeah. Different kind of film. I feel like because it was a comedy and not sort of a straight-faced yeah. vampiric tale. God, but, t- Taika Waititi. I know. Near Dark gets a lot of referencing in this and some clips as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, so this is God. a love that, song. That needs a rewatch. I know. This is very much a love song to the classic vampire movie. If you've ever had an interest in any of that stuff, do check this out. This is not to be missed. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen. The on-screen radio show. And we're back and dancing. So, Mr. Allen, are you ready? I am so ready. So ready I want to punch someone in the face with a stapler. Okay, first of all, don't say punch in the face in front of me this week, because it's a sore spot. Oh, you still not told me. Podcast actress, podcast actress. dangling that, <laughs> that carrot. Uh, also, so no, the Belko experiment. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm, because yeah. it's basically Battle Royale in office space. Right, literally is that. It really is. Less than didn't receive a piece. So this is written by James Gunn. Um, uh, the, the Guardians of a Sliver and the Superfame. And more importantly, Scooby-Doo. And, uh, <laughs> lest we forget. <laughs> lest we forget that James Gunn wrote Scooby-Doo, the movie. So, come on, credit where it's due. Um, so, yeah, directed, uh, written by uh, James Gunn, directed by... Who was the director of this one? It was... I forget offhand. Greg McLean. Wasn't terribly sure. And this has got pretty much the who's who of James Gunn casts. Yeah. So, if you've ever been in a James Gunn movie, you're going to be yeah, in this. this. So, um, Michael Rucker? Michael Rooker is yeah. in this. Shocker. Who else? Sean Gunn. Sean, yeah, I mean, he's Sean in there. Gunn's be in there. He's yeah. in there. Uh, Greg Henry. Greg Henry turns up. Of course he does. Of course Greg Henry's there. Yep. Uh, but then newish people that I don't, I don't think he's worked with before. Abraham Ben Ruby. Yeah. Remember Abraham? Yeah, yeah. Course, okay. Yeah. Um, John Gallagher Jr. Who I love. Yeah. I love him. John C. McGinley. Obviously. Uh, Tony Goldwyn. Uh, yeah, uh, so, ta- uh, Tarzan. Yeah, fit some scandal, more importantly. Yeah. Or, um, or Tarzan. Or fit some scandal, man. Fit some scandal. Yeah, <laughs> man's president for God's sake. Just respect. Yeah. I'm trying to think who else as well. Uh, Melanie Diaz is in there. Uh, who else is in there? It's, it's a good cast. It's a good, solid yeah. cast. Just really good, like character actors. Right. So general gist. If well, I mean, the trailer sums it up brilliantly, which is uh, every time with the military rank. General. Yeah. Yeah. General gist on this is they're in an office building in Colombia. They are an American corporation with an office in Colombia. One day, out of the blue, the building goes into lockdown. The actual building seals itself up with with metallic shields. A voice comes over the tannoy and announces to all the employees. If a certain number of you are not dead within 20 minutes, we will kill a larger number of you. So if, like, if, if you don't kill 30, we'll kill 60. Um, but they all, the employees all happen to have, have personnel trackers in them because obviously mm. Colombia is rife for kidnapping Americans. They've got kidnapping trackers in them, which are, in fact, explosives. So you can see how this threat works out. And before you know it, what you have is a game of kill or be killed. Largely summed up perfectly, kind of by this clip. I'm sorry, but that sounds to me like you're saying you want to kill innocent people. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that we need to discuss all our options. Well, we we understand, but we are not going to entertain the option of killing people. We? What, you got a mouse in your pocket there, mouse? Mr. Norris has a point. Absolutely, he does. Look, we have to think about what is best for the whole group. Right, look, I, I know no one wants to actually think about, uh, about sacrificing 30 lives, but if it means saving the lives of an no. additional... Uh-uh. Circumstances are we we do not have the right to take innocent human lives. Yeah. And besides that, there are practical reasons. Like what? You can't really think that they're gonna let anybody live to tell about this. 
So this is the nasty, almost canon films take answer to the Hunger Games. Would be the best way to call it. But it's like I, I, I need to check this. Is Menachem Golem still alive? I'm not sure actually. Man, I, I, hang on, I'm not talking about Mannerheim because he spelt Mannerheim. Welcome to the most interesting radio show ever, where man searches <laughs> on. Mac- he died in 2014. That was what it was. Okay, I, I thought he passed away recently. We should dedicate the show to his memory. We, we, well, do you know what? We don't need to dedicate his memory. James Gunn has taken care of that for us because there we if go. ever there is a monument to the talents of Menachem Golem, um, here we are, and this has its roots in Canon and Troma and Lloyd Kaufman and Menachem Golem and. And boy, it has just evolved. It is nasty, grisly. It is morally ambiguous. It is everything you want it to be and more. Well, in fact, not more. It is pretty much just exactly what you want it to be. No more, no less, in fact. Um, the cast, or like you said yourself, it's a great cast. They are as great as as they always are. John Gallagher Jr. is exactly as interesting as John Gallagher Jr. always is and was in 10 Cloverfield Lane. John C. McGinley is going more for the nasty angle that he played in films like The Rock and less Dr. Cox. Less Dr. Cox, yeah. Um, Tony Goldwyn playing a bit on the more the murkier side that we never really get to see in sort of his, his ongoing TV work because mm. that's a shame because he's a, he is president he is the president he's I mean fits. he's a very sleazy president but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've got I'm, I've got one episode I'm, I need to get up to date with Scandal I'm such a big fan I, I've <laughs> never seen any I feel never like I would it. love it oh man it is the bomb it, it's all about Melly Grant yo all about Melly yeah. Grant yeah so the the Sort of first lady, but then mm. kind of would be president. I, 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 I know that Josh Molina is in it, and I like Josh Molina a great deal. Yep, yep, yep yeah. definitely. So anyway, enough about scandal because it's amazing. I could talk about it all day. Um, <laughs> it's trash, but it knows it's trash. It's fun trash. Um, yeah, see this. Definitely see this. Mm. It's it. It knows what it is. It knows what it wants to be, yeah. and it knows the audience that's turning up, and it doesn't disappoint. It delivers. It absolutely goes far further than you think it will as well. The motivation behind everything is logical. It kind of makes sense in in a very twisted way. I was genuinely fascinated by it. it. It's the film I expected it to be, and I wasn't let down. It it continues the proud legacy of Mister Gunn. You know, if we yep. if we just pretend that he has, does he, I'm assuming he has no involvement with the Scooby Doo Two Monsters Unleashed. But you know, <laughs> which had a I don't be- mind that film. Hey, it had a better title it. originally, which was Scooby Two. Wow, this is a two lander. It was going to be yeah. Scooby T O O, Scooby Two, but come on, man! I know, I know. God damn Hollywood! This is just the fate of the Furious all over again. Yes, it is. By the way, did you notice? Even though it's Fast and Furious Eight here in the film itself, the title that comes up is the Fate of the Furious. Fate of the Furious. Uh, yes, I did see that. Which is I don't know why we didn't just just keep it. I know just everyone. This happened with Fast is. Five and Furious Seven, and they yeah, keep what, changing. What, what was the difference with Fast Five again? Was, was it Fast Five here? No, it's Fast Five everywhere else. We have Fast and, and Furious, Furious Five, Five colon Rio Heist. Because there's some that are. Yeah, the fourth one is is that the Fast and the Furious? No, no, the Fast and Furious is the first one, and then four is Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious is the fourth one. Yeah. Number six is Furious Six. I believe... No, no, no. I think it's Fast and Furious 6 for the sixth one. And then it's Fast 5, Fast and Furious 6, Furious 7. What is the ninth one going to be called of these things? Oh, pass. I have no idea. The ninth configuration of Furious. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a nerdy gag. Yeah. Right. The most boring fast film. Yeah, I know. So we need to we need to pick a film of the week. Um, I'll be really honest. Of everything that we've reviewed in the radio side of this, I'm going to say Belko Experiment. 
Um, oh, cool. If, you, right. if you're listening to the podcast extras, Handmaiden. But, uh, <laughs> because you, you desperately want to do it in the radio edit. But the ra- I really want to. We've not got time. Time is against us. Time, time, is, time waits for no man, except apparently for no. Peter Capaldi. But, yeah. uh, and for, uh, for Warren Beatty, if he wants to make a film about how yeah, time Yeah, time waits for Warren Beatty to get Brett Ratner to fund him. That's exactly how it happens. Yeah, and we've got some Brett Ratner news in the Pocket Extras. We do. Oh, apparently we are sponsored by Brett Ratner. Oh, right. Is he, is he we take- are a Ratback production. Is he taking on Rotten Tomatoes again? Oh, that was a fun new story, wasn't it? <laughs> it really was, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, reviled so, filmmaker hates critics. I would, so I would, def- would definitely say then film of the week, uh, Belker experiment, but Handmaiden also film of the week. Yeah, and I mean, I've, I've only seen Fast Furious Eight or Fate of the Furious, uh, so I'll, I'll go with that. Okay, well, the, when we come back... It's, it's going to be a good time, isn't it? It is. It's a good time, yeah. isn't it? Well, we're, we're having a week off, anyway, you and I, because we have lives. We have lives, loved we've, ones. We've got we have an, pets. We've got, we've got an Easter to... We do, yeah. yeah we I have a cat, you have a dog. Exactly. Yeah. See? This is why we work. It's a yin and yang thing. Yeah, we cat are... Cat person, dog person. We're, we're like the podcast version of uh, that film, uh, Must Love Dogs. <laughs> Am I Janine Garofalo in this equation? Yes, because I always want to be donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Romance me, sir. So, when we return, which will will be the week starting the 24th of, of April. Yes. There is, there's a certain biggie coming out. And mm. it, uh, Star Wars, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's, it's Star Wars, yeah. It's uh, episode nine, Guardians of the Force. Guardians of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? The, the Last Guardian. Exactly. Uh, no, Guardians of the Galaxy, volume two, is a promise. Yeah, speaking of James Gunn. Speaking of James Gunn, mm. yeah. Um, a moving image is that week as well, which is more of an art piece. We have Heal the Living. We have Citizen Jane. We have The Promise, Mr. Isaacs yeah. and Bale together. We have Handsome Devil. And, and this is really, really true, because I've actually seen this, and I can't wait to talk to you about it, Lady Macbeth is out. Oh, you've seen it? I have seen this, and uh, I think you would very much enjoy Mr. Allen. Hmm. I, I do. It's a. Uh, is, is it? Is it just Macbeth through the eyes of Lady Macbeth? No, no, no. It's nothing to do with Shakespeare. It's an adaptation of a Russian novel. Ah, well, that's misleading. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And it stars Florence Pugh, and it is a good old-fashioned piece of period piece corset-ripping carnage. Oh. I loved it. That's a post-quote if ever I heard one. I actually did give them a postcard and I can't quite remember what it was I think I might have said um, the most erotic time in a cinema since Tipping the Velvet but the most erotic piece of fiction since Tipping the Velvet I believe was my one but <clears throat> yeah wow well you know I have high standards and then a week later I saw The Handmaiden so I might have to eat crow on that one <laughs> and I can't wait to see that and you're going to tell me all about it in the podcast section. In the meanwhile, we've got all those to come and more in two weeks' time mm. off screen. This has been a candy store production for on screen. I've been Van Connor. Uh, I've been drinking coffee and I've also been uh, Case Allen. I will be back. Just show me the way to get out of here and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Off Screen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Podcast extras, Ben. Vincent. Vincent? Yeah. Uh, that, that's, I, that's not, that, I've that heard some interesting ones. I've heard Vaniel so many times. It's just weird. Vaniel. I've had some. Um, Vangerman is another one. Vangerman. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'll have a different one each week. No. Oh, well. Yeah. I've, I've had some strange ones, as you can imagine, being called case. <laughs> Shall I tell you the story then, finally? Yeah. Now is the time. So, no, uh, the time. right. You had uh, the pleasure of uh, seeing... The Fate of the Furious. The Fate of the Furious, indeed. Uh, yeah. on, on Monday, was it? Monday evening. So I went to the cinema in Leicester Square. Yes. 
and uh, Universal had put on a very nice event for us. Mm. And uh, I, I heard mac and cheese was, there, in, there was in abundance. A, there was a lot of mac yeah. and cheese, yes, and, and hot dogs with. Uh, and I, I'm not a mustard fan. Oh, it was amazing. Hot dog jumping frog. And and you know pretty much uh, drink your body weight in uh, wine or beer. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, so I sat in the, in the screen mm. with uh, my my dear friends, uh, Rich, com- with yeah. Marcus, with Calvin, mm. and um, with, with the spirit of me because I was with the spirit of you. Calvin yeah. stepped in to replace you when you when you couldn't much, make it. Much obliged, Calvin. Uh, yeah, he took one for the team there. And uh, <laughs> we sat down. There were two empty seats in front of us, and twenty minutes into the film, two people walked in, mm. and sat in these seats that their, their friends had clearly been saving for them and just instantly took their phones out and, and yeah. I I asked politely for him to put the phone away. He didn't. Right. Well, no, it's a lie. He feigned putting it away. What he actually did was kind of just ducked it down thinking no one could see it. Oh, my God, what a master criminal. He's basically uh, I, Moriarty, I, I know, yeah, oh. I know. What just Machiavellian genius <laughs> yeah. at work there. And then, and this is where I draw. Uh, you've been asked in a cinema. Bear in mind, there's mm. security in this screen because it's you know it's a big, big event thing. The security in the screen and everything. Mm. But this, this you know, it's taking them time. It's an IMAX screen. Taking them time to get over there to you know address this dude. Huge, isn't it? So I drew the line though. At a certain point, when this gentleman started taking selfies. What? In, yeah, in a cinema in a darkened room. And this muppet was taking selfies, and did he have a flash on? Was he, or was it just the front-facing camera? Just so. front-facing camera, but it had like big. That would have really. It taken... had big, stupid, cartoony lettering already on the screen saying like Leicester Square exclamation mark. And I don't even know what app this was. Right. I've, I've never seen this, but um, so I wait, is, ma- is this mid-film? This is like twenty-five minutes into fast. fast the the eight, film yeah. is on. Yeah, the film is on. Right. Okay. This, this, this person plot on the screen. Yeah. This is the worst person since uh, Sean Spicer. I I I then might because I'm being culturally relevant. True. I I escalated this though quite rapidly by simply leaning over and taking his phone away from him. Oh, what I, yeah. you are asking for trouble. I, I mean, know. he was asking for trouble, really. But but I know. Oh. But he he just instantly stood up. Started. It's then I noticed that he looked a surprising amount like Trevor Nelson. So in the off chance that oh. this was Trevor Nelson, okay. yeah. I just I apologise, Trevor Nelson, but you're a <laughs> b- you shouldn't be taking your phone out in cinemas. Did you call him Trevor Nelson? No, 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 I didn't. No. But I, he did look an awful lot like Trevor Nelson. He's like, it was dark, I couldn't tell. And um, I, I can't imagine that Trevor Nelson would fight. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Like, I, actually, no, I feel like Trevor Nelson knows how to fight, but he knows when to fight. He he so took he, he literally he genuinely took a swing at me. What? And and missed. Just literally missed. Oh, it's a darkened room, isn't it's it? It's a darkened room. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the disadvantages of fighting in, I in know. a cinema. Took a swing at me and missed and grazed my left cheek. Just like, you know, kissed it with his skin, as yeah. it were. Just caressed him, caressed my face, as it were. Mm. At this point, security appeared. And it then turned out we were sat next to an off-duty police officer. And we ha- then there was a bunch of critics I knew who were sat on the row behind us who then decided to get involved as well. And Sounds like a actual, yeah, like a full-on ruckus. Yeah, the, on. the following morning I walked into uh, Soho House to see Belco Experiment. I was talking to Chris on his set and, and, on, and uh, Chris said, that was an interesting night last night. It was an interesting film. I went, yeah, oh, by the way, about the ruckus. And he goes, yeah. He goes, don't tell me that was you. I went, that actually was me. That literally was me, yes. I said, we just can't take you anywhere. But for my friend Marcus, who this was his first ever uh, screening, yeah, his first ever sort of press show, uh, or multimedia screens, it were, he uh, he came away and he said, do you know what? At least we've got one of those Van Tails now. You have Van Tail. 
Yeah. yeah. So, because because of these ridiculous incidents <laughs> that I just walk into. So, yeah. Uh, so. Fantastic voyage. <laughs> fantastic voyage. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, there is, there is a slight chance that Trevor Nelson tried to hit me, but... Uh, mm. We should listen to uh, one of his radio shows and see if he, like, <laughs> dedicates a song. I think, <laughs> I think he was a bit too young to be Trevor Nelson, actually. Oh. But, uh, Might have been Trevor Nelson's son. Might have been Trevor Nelson Jr. What? Jeffrey let's, Nelson? The Jeffrey, let's, let's see if Trevor Nelson... <laughs> you can see if Trevor Nelson has a son. Has a this is a film show, everyone. <laughs> we start Trevor. fights, we, 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 we open feuds with uh, former DJs. Is he a former DJ or still a DJ? I don't know. No, he's, uh, he's still... Right, so let me talk about uh, Handmaiden real quick then. Before, yes. before, and then we'll jump in with loads of news, and then we'll do Ollie Mackey as well. Right, Handmaiden then is an adaptation of the novel Fingersmith. Yep. Right, do you know, this apparently was a TV series... Uh, Fingersmith was, was a TV series in its own right. Okay, like I didn't a Victorian know that. Se- I, I've never seen it. I just know that it's, this is quite saucy. Oh, oh yes. And yes. it comes from uh, the what director you- of uh, Stoker. It's not saucy saucy. It, there, there, there are some quite... <laughs> there, there is some sauce. There's some sauce. There is, yeah. there is, uh, there is a faint sauce. There, there are lashings of There are sauce. overtones of saucing. <laughs> overtones. <laughs> overtones of saucing. So this is from the director of Stoker, Park Chan-wook. Um, and I believe I gave Stoker, was it second best film of that year? It was a great film. It was an amazing film. Beautiful film. And incidentally, (laughs) written by Wentworth Miller. (laughs) Written by Captain Cold. Yeah. Captain Cold and Parchan Wook. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, please. More of that. Yeah. Can we do more of that? Come on, Captain Cold. Less of everything else. Actually, that reminds me. Prison Break's back, isn't it? I've heard good things. Very good things. things. It was was worth saying. So, Fingersmith was uh, a series in its own right. And it's now been adapted by Parchan Wook and transplanted over to uh, Japanese-occupied Korea. Okay. So the film actually features two completely distinct set of subtitles. They tell you at the beginning of the film, Japanese subtitles are in white, Korean subtitles are in yellow. And they play them, because the idea is you have to have two different languages. Mm. Right, so what you've got is a con artist who is trying to marry into the family of a wealthy girl so that he can basically scam all of her money out of her by having her committed to an asylum for the criminally insane. And his way of doing this is to hire a pickpocket to be her handmaiden. Right. So so far, so Jeremy Kyle, right? <laughs> right, so what you then have is an unfortunate sting in the tail when the 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 would-be bride-to-be is having some doubts. She's not sure she can commit to this man. Her handmaiden, who very quickly becomes her confidant slash best friend, mm. um, basically tries to coerce her with, well, you know what, you will, you will feel better about it once, there is a, once there's a level of physical intimacy involved. You'll feel a lot more comfortable. Tell you what, why don't I just show you? And what then follows is the stuff of the Wachowski siblings' wildest dreams. And I say that as the makers of Bound. But, uh, yep, naturally enough, the two fall for one another. What happens in the meanwhile is this scheming continues. There is a Fight Club-esque kind of a twist to it all. No, Fight Club be the wrong wrong comparison. There is a sort of a twist that feels like one of the great 90s. It's a sexy twist. (laughs) It's a sexy twist. Sexy 90s twist. Um, We then hop back a time period. We then hop forward a time period. And in the meanwhile, it's all shot to absolute lavish perfection by an absolute unrivaled master of the frame. Mm. So, yeah. Where to begin? That's the most pretentious thing I've heard today. Yeah, and you've spent like an hour with me, so that's there's going to be a high bar. I like uh, it. Like you should be proud of it. <laughs> like I, I think pretension needs applauding sometimes. <laughs> I'm happy with it. Uh, well, I mean, it is a saucy tale. Um, right. Um, was this a dream I had? 
Um, I've had just, many dreams involving elements of the plot of The Handmaiden, <laughs> if we're honest. If we're being truthful with ourselves. Can I just point out, right, before you say anything... Before I tell you about my dream. The, the original dream. title, according to IMDb, right, it's translated it into phonetics for us, yeah. like the international title, Agassi. Okay. As in Andre. Andre. Oh my God. <laughs> why is that not... Why has nobody made a film about it? <laughs> I don't know. Eric Barner needs the work. Right, Okay. <laughs> Just you saying uh, sexy 90s twist yeah. has reminded me of the film Sliver. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, it's in my wheelhouse. Did I imagine this, or did they? Did somebody recently option that for a TV series? Yeah, I believe they have. Right. Because I don't know like if that was something that I dreamt, because I often just like dream about films that don't exist. No, shows I, mean, don't I, exist. Think that has, I think that did happen. Film TV series. Because like in this day and age, I'd be because stuff you could do like smartphones and yeah, no, actually, you could make an interesting twist on that. Um, I know that I, I only recently discovered because I, I rewatched Jade for the first time in many years. Right, recently. yeah. And it's because I'd watched the Forty-Year-Old Virgin the week earlier. That's why I rewatched Jade because obviously there's the big moment in which uh, Steve Carell tries to be, uh, you know, David Caruso. Uh, but I, I rewatched it and I was reading up on it and I discovered that Mark Kermode's partner, uh, Linda Williams. Mm has written a book, and she has written pretty much the definitive work on the film Jade, as part of a wider book on the erotic thriller in contemporary fiction. Hmm. And I, was, I, I, need to, I need to read this book now. That does sound good. Well, I, I, good. I, you and I have had the conversation many, many times where I pine for the days of the 90s erotic thriller. We always talk about 90s erotic thriller. <sighs> I feel like every time we've ever been in a room together, it's, well, it's come up. I'm telling you, you just you don't get films like that anymore. But anyway, you don't. just to put this in context, you would never in this day and age see Gerard Butler star in a film like The Colour of Night. No, we see him in films like Geostorm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember The Colour of Night? Yes. That was awful. That was one of the worst. That was, if I'm not mistaken, that was Bruce Willis and Scott Bakula in the same movie. That's what people wanted. Oh boy. Wasn't it? That's it. <laughs> um, so Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Johnson, I've uh, just been reading about him because obviously Fate of Furious. Because, well, it's a day ending in Y. It's a day ending in Y, as we often say. And who doesn't love The Rock? Everyone loves The Rock. Everyone loves The Rock. I love the film, The Rock. I'm, I'm a fan of the film, The Rock. Yeah. The location, The Rock, is, uh, is, a, is, is a popular destination. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. Still getting the tourists. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, uh, I'm just, a fan he... of actual rocks as well. Yeah, I... I, I find them useful. What do you use rocks for? Uh, breaking smaller rocks. <laughs> <laughs> when I have no films to watch, I break... I break rocks. I break rocks, rocks with rocks. <laughs> using rocks. <laughs> and I listen to rock. <laughs> Specifically so, the song, the Twisted Sister song, I Wanna Rock. rock. <laughs> the Rock, listening to I Wanna Rock, which is rock music. On a rock. On a rock, whilst watching The Rock. This needs to happen. It needs to happen. Someone needs to do this. Someone get I DJ mean, on this, man. The Rock will make that. He will. He He's got software he will make about film about he rocks, will. starring The Rock. Anyway, we digress about Whilst rocks. wearing new rocks. Whilst wearing new rocks. Oh, my God. This oh, is, my God. This needs to happen. I used to date a girl who was obsessed with new rocks. Like, she would yeah. wear nothing else. But, wow. Yeah. So Sorry, I was really missing it. Yeah. You just, it was like someone was playing a harp in the background. Yeah, just like someone, in a, I just, in a gla- I just glazed over my face. Went, Boobies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, please continue. Uh, he just put something on Twitter, old uh, DJ. Okay. Uh, did you know about this? He, uh, at one point, was pursuing the role of uh, Jack Reacher. I did not know that, and wow, that would have been so much better at casting. Yeah. I mean, John um, Cena would have been the ideal casting, but... John Cena would have been, but like as we know, uh, in the books, in the Lee Child uh, books, um, 
I mean, six he's foot six five, five and, and a fifty-inch chest. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of sounds like the Rock. The Rock is six foot four, okay. and he was like actively pursuing the role, but then got turned down in favor of Tom Cruise, who is famously about two foot five. Well, if you it's, remember, it's about the size of a large thimble. The very, the first Jack Reacher film has mm. an on, a consistent and ongoing continuity error in that from shot to shot, mm. whatever they've got Tom Cruise standing on alters. Oh yeah. So there are points where and also Rosamund Pike is, is yeah, actually because really he stood next well, to Rosamund yeah. Pike. Her height it looks like it looks like she's growing and shrinking. It's actually him. Mm. So, actually, Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. I actually I, I do like him in that role, but I, I didn't see the second one. But I I would have killed to see. Dwayne. I know. I do feel like Never Go Back kind of was a title that reviewed the film for you. That's Uh, it. That's it. Can I give you some rock-related news, actually? uh, It's not news. It's not news. It's it's, it's an interesting bit of trivia. Okay, and then I will... I will turn that into a trifecta of rock news. Okay. Yeah, carry on. Give me yours. So, tri-rock, three-rock, rock rock three... Rock, rock, rock. Rock, uh, no. rock lobster. No, it's, it's rock lobster. Anyway, <laughs> move on. Um, so, you know, The Rock is producing uh, the story of Paige, the WWE diva. Yes. Right, which Stephen Merchant is directing. Yeah, I think that's actually just uh, just wrapped filming. Is that just wrapped filming? Yeah, they put something on Twitter a while ago just saying that's a wrap or whatever. Well, interesting tying into, our, uh, in tying into our current show. Florence Pugh from Lady Macbeth is yeah. Paige. That's who's playing Paige. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. That's really. So, you see, I, I didn't. I just. I don't know why. I thought that Paige was just playing herself. No. I don't know why. I don't know. No, I don't think she'd really sell a film, to be honest, Paige. But uh, I mean, she's lovely and everything. Yeah. yeah chicken throw a punch, but yeah, uh, she's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I follow her Instagram feed. She's she's endlessly entertaining. <laughs> but uh, yeah, larks are had. Larks are had. Revels are uh, shared. Spoils are enjoyed. Revels. This reminds me of uh, Age of Ultron. I've had Rebels. Yes, Rebels. Spoils will be enjoyed. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's round up this uh, trifecta. Go on, Rockness. Um, you've heard about uh, the Jungle Cruise film that he is making for Disney. Oh, yeah. That is officially happening. It's got a start date uh, for next April. It's going to be rolling. Did you hear what he did? Rolling, rolling, rolling. What did he do? He went and hijacked the ride live. About three or four days ago, he went to Disneyland. He literally that makes some explosion. He strolled into Disneyland because that's what you do when you rock. Yeah, he yeah. boarded the Jungle Cruise ride. He relieved the the tour guide person of his responsibilities and took over. That's incredible. And then just told them, "You're all now part of my research." <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, the best part was apparently someone told him, "You're not the Rock. The Rock's smaller than you. The real Rock is shorter." That's amazing. It really is. God bless Dwayne uh, Johnson. I'll tell you, he's now man... become he's become like mythical to people. I think. <laughs> Did you see the video of the guy um, where the Rock goes on stage in a costume, like a cartoon Rock costume, and then takes off and and he's presented with it was on I think it was on Fallon. Oh yeah, where, where he he is yeah. the Rock. He's yeah. presented with his biggest fan who doesn't know that under this Rock costume is the it's Rock. The rock yeah. And then he takes the helmet off. And it's the like guy just it's, it's one of the New York City mascots, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've not yeah. watched it. I, I saw like a thumbnail of it, so but, I'm aware uh, I will watch it. But um, he has so many films upcoming, and I do want to see them all. I really love. There's just the... something really likable about him. Do you not think though he has basically taken over the Fast and Furious franchise now? Well, that's the other thing. Do you know what? Quartet. Quartet of Rock News, because the Luke Hobbs film is happening. Is that officially happening now? Yeah. Why bother? It's already the Luke Hobbs series. I mean, the last film was, essentially. Because Dom's off doing whatever with uh, with old 
uh, old, uh, Furiosa and old uh, Charlie, yeah. Tormund Giant's Bane. <laughs> Who inexplicably can't beat the crap out of Vin Diesel. How does that work? Because, as I told you this morning, Vin Diesel has it written into his contract that he cannot lose a fight. Uh, that's true. Can we he just reiterate that... that, that uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that's not a spoiler. No. <laughs> like, but we need to reiterate the fact that Fate of the Furies is a movie that genuinely asks you to root for a new comic relief member of the team who, last time we checked, brutally murdered a member of that team and then slaughtered all the inhabitants of a hospital. True, but I will always counteract this argument with the fact that... It's Jason is, Statham. This is Jason Statham. <laughs> and he's got that charisma appeal of that, that <laughs> level of likability but he just like what was the one I it told could, you it could burst into, I mean if it was Peter K it could burst into House of Christmas Morning and f*** kids and you'd still love him <laughs> probably the, uh, what was the one I told you earlier was someone had tweeted that there is an on-screen uh, dossier of Vin Diesel at some point in the film and they, they, they state his age yeah. as being 40 like, what? I, I mean 40 eh? for about 40 years huh because, like, Vin uh, Diesel is now now nearly 50. In fact, he and yeah. Statham both are 49. But, yeah. Uh, mm. I think we know which one looks better out of the pair. But, Definitely uh, Jason Statham. But Jason Statham, he, I feel like he's looked the same. It's probably like the power of being bald and being able to pull off being bald. Like, he's looked the same for about 20 years. I mean, I, I'll be honest, Fate of the Furious does exemplify the notion that when Vin Diesel is trying to look brooding, he mostly just looks like an upset baby. Yeah, <laughs> which is interesting in that film. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you'll, you'll see uh, why. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, mm. yeah, uh, The Rock has got uh, Black Adam, Shazam, uh, a San Andreas sequel because that made loads of money. People yeah. forget Isn't about that. Isn't there a really stupid rumor that Black Adam is now going to be used for Man of Steel two? Because we've yeah. gone from Batman v Superman to apparently Black Adam v Superman. Because yeah. God forbid Superman have a movie of his own anytime soon. Just why can't Joe Manganiello? be Shazam instead of being Deathstroke. I think he'd be a good Deathstroke, but with the buttering that's now happening to the Batman script, I don't think he's even going to be in it. Did you hear the German and Yellow news this week? And yes, and I was going to segue yeah. you. beat me to it. So, oh, I, will, I will let you no, take, no, no, this please, please. take this one. Take this one. Take the dragon. Well, because it's not really news. This is the thing. It's just a thing that he's done, which is a great. a thing he's doing. Yeah, but I, I love it when certain actors do stuff like this. So he's he's written his own Dungeons & Dragons script yeah. because he was oh, like... No, franchise. A yeah. cross-media franchise. Yeah, can he's, be he's got it set out. TV he's got plans. shows, movies, and video games. And yeah, he's, he's got Ron Howard level of like yeah. ambition, this kid. Wow. I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, Richard Kelly couldn't make that work with Southland Tales, and he had The Rock before he was The Rock. I mean, come on! I always forget about that film. Uh, yeah, it's I, an odd one, isn't it? I, I, I'm going to watch it again one of these days uh, because that's a movie I really, really desperately wanted to love. And I, I had clung, that with another Richard Kelly film. I clung to every minute of Southland Tales, mm. really praying it would get better. It never did. What is, what is your opinion on uh, old uh, Double D? Double D? Yeah. I like Double D. Donald Darko. Oh, I thought we were talking about the Piranha sequel. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Which, incidentally, is better than the first one. Yeah. No, Despite um, the fact that it doesn't have Kelly Brook. But, that's it, yeah. yeah. But I need, no I need iconic underwater. Yeah, when I have a 3D, shark, uh, 3D fish movie, I need Kelly Brook, lesbian love scene, underwater, in 3D, whilst Jerry this O'Connell's... This is the checklist. Yeah, whilst Jerry O'Connell's having his privates bitten off. That's what I need. That's what you need. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, Jerry O'Connell, the most handsome man, that like he's he's basically like he's he's like the ugly duckling of cinema, isn't he? Like, <laughs> he kind of is, isn't he? yeah, because he was the fat kid, the fat kid from Stand yeah. by Me, and now he looks like he's been chiseled, yeah, and, like and, from marble. Well, not that you, you know who his missus is, right? 
Yeah, is it uh, Rebecca Romain? It is Rebecca Romain. Yeah. And he seems to be like dead happy and just have a real cool life. He's oh, no. nice. Do you remember when Cribs was a thing? Uh, do I remember? Yes, I do. I yeah. remember seeing uh, the Fieldy from Corn episode of Cribs, or he had. I think that was the first time I'd ever seen a TV come out of a bed, and then it just became <laughs> oh, a staple. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, Jerry O'Connell did an episode of Cribs once, and the thing I really loved about it was obviously you know when you adjust for reality and house prices. In LA, for instance, you can spend a million and a half dollars on a house, and actually, it kind of just looks like a British suburban house. He was living in one of those. With his wife and best friend slash brother. And it was the weirdest episode of Cribs I have ever seen. Because it was just living room, kitchen, dining room, uh, master bedroom, Charlie's room, garage. And we'll see you next time. See you later. And my supermodel wife, Lucia. So he's just like living within his means, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It was just still pretty good. Yeah. It was was just bizarre. I'm like, you were in Stand By Me, man. Hmm. Although... Weirdest, weirdest Yeah, but let's, one. let's go to Richard Draves' house and see what that's like. But the weirdest one I remember, uh, Lex Luthor from Smallville. Was oh, on, what's, what's his name? Uh, Michael Rosenbaum. Yeah, he is rumoured to be in uh, Guardians 2. He is, because he's a friend of James Gunn's. It would make sense. Yeah. It would make sense. Well, he's a friend of James Gunn and Michael Rooker, I think. But uh, he, has, he has a karaoke stage in his home. Really? He really does. According to that episode of uh, of Cribs, mm. he, he also lives strangely like white trash. It's weird. What's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, the ones I've seen? This uh, is now the Cribs podcast. It's not the Cribs podcast. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to Cribs cast. <laughs> there was a uh, there was a Mark Hoppus one where he's just got like loads of Simpsons merch. Really? Yeah, that's really good. And oh. he's like he's talking about how much he loves uh, Ralph Wiggum. <laughs> really? Why, why? Why Ralph? I don't know. I, I, I like Ralph as well, yeah. but. Um, Ralph's got some pretty good lines. I so. can't for the life of me remember how we started talking about Cribs now. No. No. This is uh, what happened. We have strange lives. We do. Why do you listen to his podcast? What are you doing? I know. Why are you listening What's wrong to with this? you? This, I mean, you're you an could, adult, for God's you sake. You could be listening to How Do This Get Made. You could be listening to WTF. Loads of podcasts that I, I mean, listen to. You, you could literally be listening to someone making, you know, farting noises down a microphone and probably would be more creatively Hey, we've, 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 we've not this. finished this podcast. That's, that's true. true. This may be the end. So far, we've gone with how I was nearly punched in the face, our favourite Cribs episodes, mm. the lesbian period piece drama that just happened to be amazing, yeah. and random stuff, eh? I'll tell you what, I will swoop us back and we'll talk about some film news. Okay, go on. Film news. Give okay. some news. Go on. Solid film news for at least five minutes. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Go on, go on. Go on. Okay. Um, this has gained some steam and I'm really, really excited. So a few weeks ago, it was reported that Adam McKay is doing a biopic about uh, Dick Cheney. Yes. Yes. Right. Which I was like, cool, that's amazing. Are we ever going to hear anything about it? Because like... I feel like it's one of those projects that gets mooted. And well, it's then... a passion project for him. He apparently considers Dick Cheney the, one of the most influential uh, politicians of the 21st century. Yeah, I mean... I, if, in fact, I, think, has, I believe he, he said, if so not much pull, obviously, with, yeah. uh, with the Bush administration. Absolutely changed the role of the vice president. That's it. Uh, we now have a Dick Cheney. Uh, we've got a cast. We got Dick. We got Dick. Oh, we got Dick. We got Dick? We got Dick. We Who got are Dick, man? We got Bale. We got Christian we, Bale. We got Dick Bale? Because when you can't find someone that looks like your character, you just get Christian Bale. Look at him and morph himself. That's it. I'm terrified now of what this is going to involve because... Man is like Play-Doh. Yeah. Can like do not morph his face. Do not hire Christian Bale. Something is going to go horribly wrong. And then a week later, he'll look like normal again. That's it. And yeah. yeah he I'm, will put on weight. He will lose weight. But it's, it, it's very telling that we eventually had to have a Batman movie that starred Christian Bale and Tom Hardy. Because if ever there are, there are two yeah. actors in the world who will physically destroy themselves for a role, it is the pair of them. Guys. 
But, oh, man. So yeah. we've got him as Dick Cheney. Isn't Steve Carell in there somewhere? Steve Carell's going to be there, which is great. Who's he playing, playing so now? Uh, oh, amazing. He's playing Donald Rumsfeld. That's it, yes. The Secretary of State. And is it Amy Adams? We'll play uh, Dick Cheney's wife, Lynn. Yes. So, so the American hostlers are back together. That's it. If anything else, get her a Best Sporting Actress Oscar. Yeah, can we make this happen? Just come on. She is... Come on, double A needs this, man. Double A needs this. Don't don't make her this generation's Glenn Close. Where she'll be nominated <laughs> for like five or six Oscars. Do you think Glenn Close just secretly hates Meryl Streep? Possibly. Because they yeah. are basically the f- two sides of the same coin, aren't they? One tends to do the prestige pictures. The other one does the, the serious, gritty pictures. Yeah. And, and like, the thrillers. And the, yeah. Yeah, I think people confuse them, well, used to confuse them, in the way that they would confuse uh, Matt Damon and Matt Dillon. Well, those, those are two Mats. Those and two, also, yeah. Yeah. by the way, uh, speaking of Matt Damon and a conversation mm. we had earlier, we, we need to talk about that upcoming comedy that we're very excited about uh, with, uh, with, me. Uh, with Mr. Renner, we shall say. With Mr. <gasps> Renner and, and Helms. Oh, let's and, talk about this. Let's please, talk please, about this. let's talk about this because this, I've been obsessed okay. with this week. I Okay, so this is a film called Tag. Tag is based on a true story about three lifelong friends. Oh, is it just three of them? It's just three, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, who are uh, embroiled in a massive game of tag. You remember the old game where you would like yep, tag, tag you're your it, it and yep. then run away and then you would tag somewhere else and they would then be presumably it. Uh, but this happened in real life. It took over these people's lives where they would go and across the globe. It's gone on for 30 years. It's gone on for 30 years and it will only end when one of those people dies. Oh, no, no. Two have to die. Oh, right. oh yeah, of course. It's, it's yeah, last man standing. Last man standing, isn't it? Yeah. Right. This, the most interesting part about that, though, is that one of those guys is the CMO of Nordstrom, which the American department store chain, yeah. which recently had the whole thing with Ivanka Trump. Yeah. Um, yeah. This story is insane. They only play the game in the month of February. Uh, this, oh, is, okay. this is a rule: only in the month of February. Uh, this so is, that gives it a better time scale. Yeah. That's yeah, because then we can plan stuff. And what is it? They apparently plan holidays and all sorts around this. That's genius. Oh, man. Just, I mean, oh. There's been international travel. Apparently, they've broken into each other's homes. <laughs> they have infiltrated office buildings. Everything. Just to and win. This, this has gone on 30 years. Gone on for 30 years. And now there is a Can film I, adaptation of it. Best part is, that CMO of Nordstrom, do you know what his name is? Mike Tag. Brian Dennehy. Great name. Well, yes. He is unrelated to the actor Brian Dennehy, however. Mm. Although I can't help but think now... There needs to be a cameo for Brian Dennehy, the actor Brian Dennehy, in the film Tag, <laughs> preferably playing the father of Brian Dennehy. Yeah, I think we I think we probably make that yeah. work. Uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, Jamie Renner, Hannibal Buress, and Ed Helms, which I think is a pretty good trifecta. That's a good trifecta. You never really see Jamie Renner doing full-on comedy. No, you don't. I, I think, think he'll be really the deadpan work. one. I think he'll be the, the, the... I don't know. I would, I would love it if Ed Helms was a really deadpan one and if Jeremy Renner goes a bit against time. I think Ed Helms will just play Ed Helms. And Hannibal, Hannibal Perez will just do his Hannibal Perez thing where he talks really slowly. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he just plays Lincoln from, from Broad City. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what it'll be. But you know what really, really excites me about the film more than anything? What's that? It is being co-written by Rob McKittrick. Who is uh, Rob McKittrick? Rob McKittrick is, is the writer-director of one of my favourite ever movies, Waiting. Really? Yeah. I watched that for the first time, well, I said recently, like a year ago. <laughs> it was really good. 
good. It's really <laughs> good, isn't yeah. it? I was surprised by how much I liked it. It's I I can I just love quoting that movie. There's some there's some bad bits like the whole Stoner characters, the two Stoner characters. That that's weak sauce. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, the Lu- angry bitchy Lu- Louis Guzman though. Oh, Louis Guzman, he's amazing. I like I I like Dane Cook in that movie. Welcome yeah. to Thunderdome. <laughs> That's insane when you can say you have enjoyed the work of Dane Cook. I know. Do you know I like Dane Cook in the film uh, Dan in Real Life. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Employee of the Month because no. I'm, 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 I'm a begrudge you that Employee of the Month is guilty pleasure. You know. Uh, who is that? Dax Shepard as well. It is. That's the that's the that reason film I own a pair of Heelys. I don't mind Dak Shepard, but yeah, I, I feel like the the pairing of Dan Cook and Dak Shepard. I was working at Blockbuster at the time when that came out, and and it, it did inspire me to buy the shoes and and zip down the aisles. Right, but, you, uh, you just got more money than Sans, haven't you? Well, I'd had a good tax rebate at the time. Oh, of course, I had some money to burn. I spent eighty quid on an adult sized pair of Heelys. I think the money would have been much better if you literally burnt it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then I wouldn't have Heelys. No, but then you would have just looked like an eccentric rich guy, <laughs> just, just burning my money. There is, there is actually a. Uh, I think, I think what must still have this um, a, a video that just got watched all the time of me falling down, smashing my knee, courtesy of these sneakers. But uh, yeah, um, but yeah, Dan Cook, he's still around. He is. Yeah. Did a stand-up thing a couple of years ago, I think, and uh, and now he's just. He's I been think I follow him on Twitter. Does he follow you back? I wouldn't be terribly surprised, to be honest. I don't think he's got an awful lot to do. Yeah. Is it an episode of Louis that I really like? He's it's in an episode of Workaholics. Do you know what? That's my next show. I'm going to watch that. I'm going to oh, watch Workaholics. You I, are I've, in, I've seen a few things. You're uh, the time of like your it. life with that one. Because mm. yeah. I've just uh, watched uh, all of Silicon Valley. Yes. It took me four days because I really <laughs> enjoyed <that> it. Good? <laughs> I just smashed through it. This is the great thing about being a teacher and then Easter holidays happen. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, television. I remember you. There is an episode of Workaholics that I'm not making this up. Guest stars as sleazy yuppies, Dane Cook and Liam Hemsworth. Sounds great. I, Sounds I, I great. don't know how you come up with that pairing, but fair, fair enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. But uh, that's yeah. nice. Um, why don't you tell me about a film, sir? How about the happiest life of Ollie Markey? I've done an awful lot to say on it, to be honest. I mean, it's quite good, but it's not really one that you can particularly... Well, I, I don't know anything about it, so set me up. Right, hang on. Let me just uh, find my resources, because I, I need the IMDb page, because it's a Finnish movie, and there's a lot of Finnish names. Okay. So, you know... Should we have some background music while you're doing that? <laughs> no, I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. So, so this is... Um, I think this is loosely based on a true story. Um, the idea is, what you've got is, it's going to be the first Finnish prize fight. Set in about 1962, I think. And the idea is it's going to be the first high-profile heavyweight boxing match in the history of Finland. And you've got Oli Markey in one corner, the Finnish boxing champion, and the American contender on the other side. And this all takes place in Finland. The idea is, as he's preparing for the fight, as he's trying to make weight, as it were, and he's dealing with the, the you know the endless pressure from his, his trainer, uh, he also starts to develop feelings for a long-time female friend of his, and he, he, he can't quite take his mind off it. It's just distracting him. He wants to pursue this relationship. It's all he can think of, and frankly, it's getting in the way of this fight. Mm. And well, it's really something. It stars Jarko Lati as as Olimaki, and he's. I think at one point there was a pass, a fleeting joke about he bears a passing resemblance to uh, Frank Sinatra, and he does have that kind of that kind of screen charisma. Um, Eero Milanov though plays the trainer, plays Ellis. 
Um, I liked. He looks really familiar, and I I don't know where where I've seen him before. But he's a Finnish actor, so it's entirely mm. possible that I've not seen him anywhere. But he does seem really really familiar. Um, both really good performances, though. If I could somehow turn this round and show you, but uh, no. Um, I'm just gonna have to look this up. Hang on. Once upon a time in the north. No, 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 no. Uh, no, no idea where I might know him from. Not a clue, but there is something strangely familiar about him. All great performances. Uh, I particularly liked Una Erola, who is the love interest, mm. who does bring a, 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 a level of sincerity to it all because the, the the male performances tend to feel a little bit cartoony given the the, the more comedic nature of their side of it. But the love story angle is weighted with this quite sincere and heartfelt performance. And I thought it all comes together really well. It's written and directed by uh, Juho Kusmanen. Again, no idea. I apologise. Good name, though. Good name. Solid name. Solid. Solid name. One of, it's like one of the Finn great all-time Wolfhard, names. Man. Finn Wolfhard. I love that name. It's a great and I love, name. That kid's great. That I'm, kid- I'm looking forward to uh, his work in It. I am as well. Mm. Do you know what though? When you're when you're uh, when you name your kid Finn Wolfhard, yeah, that kid's got to be a star. Otherwise, it's just going to end up looking silly, isn't it? There's a lot of pressure with that name. Isn't yeah. It? Do you think when he was about five years old, they sat down, Finn, come here, come here, you man. Listen, <laughs> you must be a success. You, you need to be a success, yeah. or we're going to look, more frankly, a bit f- silly. Um, yeah. <laughs> because that's always appropriate to talk to your kids like exactly well, give, give them the I, I absolutely would have said it was my kid and I yeah. named him Phil, Finn Wolfhard I, I would have said that <laughs> step on up son I don't know I feel like my parents should have had a similar talk with me for my name I don't know should have like I don't know should have pushed me harder to do something with a name like <laughs> you had a boxer's name man good. that's a good point Cassius. yeah um, you got boxer's name you know that's... yeah but <laughs> I don't look it's like being named Tyson. I don't look like a boxer, and I haven't got the athletic prowess of a boxer. Yeah, but as a child, I've I didn't got, know that. I've got the athletic prowess of like John Favreau. <laughs> look at me. No, no, mate, no, mate. You're in better shape than John Favreau. Yeah. Don't worry. Like okay. you can lift your own donuts. Come on, yeah. Swingers, swingers, Favre. swingers, Favre. <laughs> maybe, yeah, swingers, yeah. swingers, Favre. maybe. Yeah, but uh, oh. yeah. but this this film pretty good then. Yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed it actually. Um, it's um it how it. it Although it played itself a little bit cartoonishly early on, it does ultimately come to quite a, a, a quite a sensible conclusion. It comes to quite a, a poignant conclusion, rather than going for the sensationalist, almost Rocky style, you know, oh screw reality, let's just have some fun idea at the end. Mm. They actually do put some serious thoughts into the reality of it all, and it does work out quite well. I was I was taken aback by it, to be honest. It's a movie release. Um, so it's going to be on the, the premium stream platform movie. It's got a limited theatrical. This is one for next week, I believe. Yes, it is. So just to clarify, films that are out this week, hmm. there's only three. So The Sense of an Ending, Fate of the Furious, and The Handmaiden. The Handmaiden's got a limited theatrical with Curzon, but it's on Amazon Prime as of... Ah, I see. Yeah, I think as of Saturday, I believe. Oh, really? Hang on, what day is it? It's Wednesday, right? Today is a Wednesday. Yeah, Friday. So the day this goes out. Uh, incidentally, we should plug at this point, the site now has the complete streaming listings updated weekly for Netflix, mm. Shudder, Amazon Prime, and Now TV. They're big ones, really, aren't they? We've got everyone. We got you covered. If you, you got wanna, you covered, you just want to stay at home Easter and just watch things. Yeah, yeah, we tell you what's on on what day, and we've got the handmaiden on there. And there's trailers for every title mm. as well. Have you have you streamed anything particularly good recently? Anything of note? Well, worthy of note? No. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, of note, <laughs> I, I'm fist. 
Yeah. I can't finish it. I can't finish it. Can you it. not finish it? Good ending, actually. Really? Yeah. Right, I'm on episode seven, and I think I think I'm done until Defenders. No, the happens. final the final swing, as it were, which is the final two or three episodes, quite interesting. Quite interesting. Got to okay. give it there. Right. Um, so let me see what I've streamed. I want to stream 13 Reasons. Was it 13 Reasons? Oh, yeah, that's on my list. Because people keep sending me memes, and I've not seen it. And it's very <laughs> annoying. I want to be in on the joke. There is that new Robert Redford, Jason Siegel movie out. <gasps> the Discovery. Yes. Discovery, yes. I've I need not to watch had that. the pleasure. I, I want to. Because also, also I, I miss Jason Siegel. Yeah. Like, where'd he go? Where'd you go, Siegel? Yeah. Um, he was in a film with Jesse Eisenberg that I really loved and didn't pick up any traction. What called, was it called? Uh, the End of the Tour. Yes, you were a fan of this. I remember you trying to I pitch really it, I really liked it. Is it on any of the streaming services? It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Right, yeah. I will watch it then. I, I will give it a watch. It's really good. It opens with my favourite song by R.E.M. Oh, wait, don't tell me. Uh, Imitation of Life. No, but it, that's, that'll be in my top ten. Is that in your top ten? Yeah, be what is your favourite? Uh, do you know what I've actually forgot? It's <laughs> not Night maybe, Swimming. Maybe it? not. Oh, Night Swimming's a good song. There's got so good. many good songs. What is uh, it have called? Have you seen it's on. It's on automatic for people. Give me a second. Everybody hurts. No, I am not that guy. You're not that guy, huh? No. I hate when people have that song. You, 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 you own a lot of flannel. I don't know. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I mean, I'm not synonymous with flannel. Have Crazy eye makeup, Michael well, Snyder, yeah. maybe. Have you seen the documentary, though, R.E.M. by MTV? Uh, no. Actually, really, really good. The most comprehensive documentary you could possibly make about R.E.M. And it takes you from end to end. That's where it's, it's my favourite song on Automatic for People. Go on. It's actually an instrumental track. Uh, New Orleans uh, instrumental number one. Really? Opens it, yeah. Jesus Christ, you really I are. Know. You're just I'm John Cusack in High Fidelity, aren't you? Which leads me to the discussion I want to have. Go Who on. would you cast as yourself in a film? Who would I cast as myself in a film? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, you can cast, like, extended family and stuff, but obviously our listeners don't know these people. No. Who would I cast they, as myself? They barely know us. I would, I'll be honest, I would get Jonah Hill to lose weight again. Yeah. And get him. But... Yeah. He seems like he can do it quite easily, like he's trying to do a bail. Or could you fatten Rami Malek? Fatten Rami Malek. Yeah, you, you either, after, you either he's, after he's down, playing Freddie yeah. Mercury, yeah. give him some cake. Fatten Rami Malek, I'd, I'd take that casting. Yeah. Who, who would you have for yourself? That'd be good. I don't know, because I feel like everyone that could do me, um, they're like a little bit too old, or um, yeah, just don't fall in the right time frame. So like, I don't know. Is it David Desmolchin? Really, Dismolchin? Really? I, I would cast him as you, with the beard, and, and the, yeah, I would, I would consider that. Would that, would that work? I, I think that would I work. I like him. I, like I him think that would work deal. for you, yeah. Uh, what about Adam Scott? I feel like Adam Scott's too small. Really? Yeah. I feel like he's too little a person. You need <laughs> you need the height. I need the height. You need the height. Otherwise, you, you would say one of one of the Duplass brothers. No, no, they're too doughy to be you. Too doughy? They're too doughy to be you, no. Really? Um, Even Jay? J- even J- even J-, 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 J is the more spelt of, no, of the classes. No. Still, still Dowie. No. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I have an odd like man crush on Mark Duplass. I don't know why. I, I couldn't tell, Case. I yeah. really couldn't. <laughs> so, oh, man. Give me some more news. Have you got any more news? Yeah. Do you know what? I got some news about Brett Ratner. <laughs> oh, people. good God. What's he done now? It's it, only been 20 minutes. Exactly. It feels only right that we 
sort of wrap this up a little bit, talking about Brianna. So he's going to do a biopic about Hugh Hefner. Oh, I heard about this. Which is this. crazy that this has never actually, you know, it's, it's taken a toll now. There is, as of Tuesday the 11th, I believe, on Amazon Prime, a 10-part... So, yesterday. Yesterday, but because obviously this doesn't go out live, so, you know. Oh, um, yeah, we're not, we're not recording this live on Friday. No, just, this is, I'm just yeah, this is not Friday the 14th. It is Wednesday the 12th to us. Yes. Um, so, yeah, as of Tuesday the 11th, there is a 10-part documentary... Uh, not documentary series, is it? I think it is a documentary series mm. on Amazon Prime called American Playboy, The Hugh Hefner Story. I see. So there you go. Oh. And the guy who founded Penthouse is getting a series made as well. What's his name? Is, isn't that the guy that uh, Woody Harrelson played? No, no, that's Larry was Flint. Larry Flint. He's yeah. Hustler. Hustler. Yeah. He's a Hustler, baby. Yeah, uh, Larry Flint's my favourite out of the lot. But, yeah. <laughs> if you had to pick one. If I had to pick, yeah. I'd want to be Larry Flint. Because okay. not only that, he gets the best talent. I mean... <laughs> He does. Blair Williams has signed with Hustler. So, you know, that's where it's at, man. Okay, I feel like we're, we're delving into the inner recesses of your... Well, I, I'm i not going to lie. I, 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 I have something of an academic predilection for pornography, but still. Yeah, I don't know if, you know, you can get like a like a, P, like a PhD or a professorship. Actually, and... funnily enough, a friend of a friend... You've looked into this. A friend of a friend did do an advanced level dissertation Whenever on... someone says a friend of a friend, that is just code for you... No, no, that was my former lecturer's friend, really, um, did a, 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 a dissertation on pornography. Ah. And apparently had to watch 90 hours... Had to watch, collectively, 90 hours of porn. That's a lot. That's a lot, Too man. much, really. Far too much. I you mean, get bored. Your arm be crippled, wouldn't it? you either get bored or you get too invested in the story and then get really annoyed <laughs> when the story doesn't really go anywhere. Have you ever seen uh, I Want Candy? Um, oh, is that uh, Carmen Electra? That's the Carmen. That's the British comedy with Carmen yes. Electra, yes, and it that. stars. Uh, it is not especially good. Actually, do you know what? It's really underrated. But <laughs> Jimmy, but Jimmy Carr appears in it as a video store clerk, and the two main characters in it have uh, the concept. They want to make the first porno uh, that you actually sit through end to end for the story, where the sex scenes are actually integral to it's an interesting story. story. And uh, I believe it was Jimmy, Jimmy Carr's character who says, look, you, you, you can't have people sit through an entire feature-length film. You'll, you'll, you'll tug yourself raw. <laughs> and, yeah. I feel like you could put that on the poster for The Handmaiden, to be honest. But, Possibly could, yeah. yeah. But, sorry, Brett Ratner, Hugh Hefner. That's a thing, yeah. That's a thing. I, f- I feel like an interesting story is there. I don't know if Brett Ratner is the man to shepherd it, but... Who, um, who do you get for Hef? Who do you get to play Hef? Who do you get to play Hef? I've got a candidate right now. Who are you going to say? Wait for it, wait for it. John Slattery. Yeah, you don't get anyone better than that. No. You get John Slattery. You get John Slattery. I bet John Slattery gets an Oscar. That's, that's your that. casting right there. I fe- Actually, you know what? You get, for the younger years, you get Justin Theroux. For the older years, you get John Slattery. <gasps> Genius. Genius. Come on. Did, Genius. I, did, I just, did I just pitch that or what? Um, so your phone is ringing, but it's actually Brett Ratner. Like, <laughs> once you get... Wants you to be uh, the casting director. Can we use that idea? Tom. Brilliant. Yeah, we're, we're pretty good at casting. I think it's that. Tom Holland, Tom Holland for even, even Tom younger. Tom Holland. Tom Holland. <laughs> Tom Holland for even younger. Then like Justin Theroux, and then yeah, you just get different actors playing through the years. That's how it works. You just do that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, let's move on to a bit of casting news. Okay, we got because you know what? There, are, there are things to talk about. Let's talk about this. There are. Um, there's an actor called uh, Damien Bashir who I really like. He was in. <gasps> yes. Uh, what's he doing now? Well, he was in uh, The Hateful Eight. He was Oscar-nominated for 
Oh, it's a fine film and I've forgotten what it's called. Three years ago. Anyway, he is going to lead The Nun, which is, is the spin-off to uh, The Conjuring. I'm a very big fan of Daniel Bichette. He's in Alien Covenant. Yes, he He's is. He's one yeah. of the crew in Alien Covenant. Yeah. Um, he played I'm, the Mexican. He played the Mexican one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I know him from Weeds more than anything. Um, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. played the drug baron in Weeds. Yeah. I like him. He's a really good actor, but I think... Uh, yeah, he's a solid choice. For he really movie. sold the spanking to me in which right. Yeah, really did. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that the chemistry between him and uh, Mary Louise Parker. Uh, yeah, mm. I, I really bought that spanking. I really did. Okay. Um, Denis Villeneuve, his adaptation of Dune, which yep. is definitely happening. It's now got a screenwriter. Who is this? I've actually forgotten this. Uh, Eric Roth, who was the That's writer a... of uh, Forrest Gump. Oh man, did you know? I didn't know. Denis Villeneuve is attached to a Joe Nesbo adaptation. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Somehow that slipped in the I cracks. I forget which one, but... I think it's The Sun or something like that. Everyone's made... I mean, which stars to- Jake Gyllenhaal. Tobey Maguire is going to make his directorial debut with a Joe Nesbo adaptation as well. Blood and Snow. Yes, it is. And then in the meanwhile, there's Thomas Alfredson's got Ugh. one coming out. Nesbo for all. And, yep. <laughs> tiny, <laughs> tiny miniature Megaflex for others. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of Joe Nesbo adaptations. We've got The Snowman with uh, Michael Fassbender and uh, Rebecca Ferguson to come Surely as well. we've got to get a trailer for that soon. That's got to be like, soon. That must have wrapped Actually, that's ago. the Thomas Alfredson one, isn't it? I believe. Oh, possibly. Yeah, I think that's the Thomas Alfredson possibly one. That's it. But um, yeah, Eric Groff is doing uh, doing June. So yeah, that looks like about the writer of Forrest Gump. Gump sign me up. Yeah, that's all right. What What is your opinion on Forrest Gump? Because I, I love Forrest Gump. I, so. I find it interesting talking to people about Forrest Gump. I love Forrest Gump. I think people that don't like Forrest Gump don't like joy. <laughs> and, and Straight up, don't like happiness. You don't like happiness. Yeah, you you, you, you you dislike chocolate. You have an issue with the best parts of American history. You have no majesty in your soul, sir. Yeah, <laughs> you are you are barren. <laughs> your your soul is bleak. <laughs> that is that is my opinion of you not liking Forrest Gump. And yeah, I, I, do you know what? Like Wilson isn't a big fan of, of Forrest Gump. Yeah, I know loads of people that just. Stay up, don't I do don't understand it. But then again, I didn't like 12 Years a Slave, so, you know. Swings around, very different films. <laughs> very different films, yeah. yeah. I think what goes against Forrest Gump is the fact that it came out that year. I remember Paramount trying to stuff. claim it lost money. Really? Yeah, they tr- they actually tried fiddling the accountant side of it to claim that it lost money. That's crazy. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it came out the same year as, uh, well, same Oscar year as, uh, as Pulp Fiction. God, I love that movie. Shawshank Redemption. I really love Forrest Gump. I could, I could I'm watch it. I watch it, actually. Yeah. yeah, I could watch it on a loop. It is so quotable. Oh, yeah. This, yeah. A world with no religion. It's difficult to imagine. It's easy if you try, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. That scene is amazing. In China, people don't mm. got no things. No possessions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, genius. Oh, I love that so much. I must have, like, 17 Dr. Peppers. <laughs> Congratulations. How do you feel? I have to pee. <laughs> Right, shall we shall we shall we end it there then? Uh yes, Lieutenant Dan, with your space legs. Let's end it there. <laughs> oh which no, here it is. Your moment of cage. Yes, great. <laughs>